Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Landy Lodge, where today we have a very special episode lined up for you all. I've got an amazing guest who I cannot wait to talk to. But before we get into that, there are some people we need to thank, and those people being the sages of the lodge, those sickos and normies who give as little as one gill a month to keep my nonsense going and keep me running my mouth. So without further ado, a major thank you to Charlotte, Alex, Chris, Maria, Shane, David, Scott, Jill, Corey, Twilight, Taborski, Kevin, AJ, Michael, Andrew, Brendan, Gaseous Snake, Mookie, OJ, Jordan, Corey, Axel, DJ, Brady, Jack Tupark, Cosmic Heyman, and Damn Amazing, and Seth Stanford. Thank you all very much. That list has gotten so long, we're going to need to figure out another intro. But speaking of intros, without further ado, a man who needs no introduction, next-gen novelist, today's guest. Dude, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. It's good to be back in the lodge, live and in the lodge. Dude, I'm, I'm very happy to have you here. It's been a little bit over a year since we last spoke, but... You know, I really enjoyed our conversation. I'm really happy to have you back. You know you're always welcome here. But before we move on and before we maybe dive into Luke Sword, uh, do you want to take a quick minute, maybe let everybody know what you do and let them know where they can find you? Uh, yeah, so um, uh, I overthink things like Kingdom Hearts, mostly Kingdom Hearts. I'm going to start trying to overthink other things as well, other JRPGs, other games. But for the most part, um, most of the content that I make is usually some form of gameplay analysis or um, really it's it's more, um, it's more going to be expanding into just media analysis. But for the moment, it's mostly Kingdom Hearts content. So you'll find a lot of theories, um, a lot of discussion videos um, and stuff of that nature. Um, I don't do live streams very often, but uh, every once in a while, I might just randomly go live. And it will be hit or miss. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> may like it, may not. But yeah, that's 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 usually that's most of the stuff that I do. I don't think I there's much really uh anything too crazy. Um, and uh, my channel of course is a uh, next gen novelist, just next gen novelist. Yeah, I mean, look, very easy to find. I've gone and thrown his link into the chat for you all. You can also check the episode description. All his links will be there as well. Uh, but without further ado, man, the whole reason this conversation is happening is because you made this video about Luke Sword that I must have watched four times now. And, you know, you go over a lot of different things, but there's a particular prospect in that video that gets me really excited. And it's the idea that Luke Sword could be connected to the Master of Masters period in time. Do you maybe want to maybe give like a, a quick drive-by of sort of the things you brought up in that video, we could use that as a jumping off point because I, I cannot wait to talk to you about this character. Yeah, so basically um, it started from a video I made before that, which was about the ancient Keyblade legacy. So basically, um, and I said this at the end of that video, and this isn't a joke, I didn't just say this, but uh, I was watching Just a Pancake, if, if any of you know. Yes, we miss Other him. <laughs> we miss him, man. <laughs> I, I was watching... I was watching uh, some of his videos and then um, and then I ended up watching, uh, I believe it was, oh God damn it, now I'm forgetting their name, but it was, it was <laughs> someone who made a video about uh, a Discord chat with Zeminus and all the great um, organization members. And I was watching it, you know, just because, oh, ha, ha, it's a Discord chat, that's funny. But then as I was actually watching it, I was actually paying attention to what Zeminus was saying. And I was like, hold on a minute. This guy said that he gathered 
these four so that they could reveal their ancient keep legacy and i'm like hold on a minute like that's <laughs> there's a lot there that no one's really speaking about um, right so like I how started, the hell do you know that Zemnis? right like how did he know that but then also it's like implying oh my plan is related to you guys revealing your legacy and then i start thinking but they don't reveal it though so mm-hmm. how is that your plan for them to reveal it and then they don't so that got me thinking at first when i started diving into other things um and then of course because Luxord or luke sword i say Luxord, but i know they say luke sword in the game it was an because... adjustment for me too man i said Luxord for years yeah. I'm, 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 I don't feel like I'm going to be able to drop it. I, I should, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but because of him in particular, him and Demix, and Demix is is an enigma. I mean, there's some people who have said to me, "Next gen, make it through on Demix," and I've got it down. I'm, I'm gonna. I promise, I'm gonna figure out a way to try and do it. Wait, um, have you scrapped together enough to make a Demix theory? Because all we have is uh, breadcrumbs, uh, dude. You, do you want to know the truth, Landy? The answer is no. <laughs> the honest truth is no <laughs> i ain't scrapped together any <laughs> but you know like the, uh, no not really but i'm i'm gonna try i'm gonna try and make something halfway logical um if anyone can do it you could do it man i appreciate that but we'll see um but yeah i i basically wanted luxord um i went to explain why like where does he come from so as i was looking at the keyblade legacy thing i just went over different cutscenes and of course uh, the main cutscene that was really um, a big deal was the beginning of Remind where he's having the discussion with Lushu about the black box. And then Lushu, you know, says that line that everyone was pointing out, like, who are you, Luke Sword? And it's like, oh, you know, and then at the end, we feel like, oh, we know who he is because we just saw him in the car of Yazora. So he's Yazora's driver. That's who he is. But that doesn't explain, though, the Keyblade legacy part because the other... It doesn't explain like, his motivations. Right. Like, it's it's just... You know, and even his talk with him about the black box just seemed sus, like he already knew about it. And it's like, I, I was trying to figure out, like, how does he know? Like, I'm well, can, I, that- can I tell you what my impression with him in the black box is? Um, so I, I feel like, you know, he kind of infiltrated the Dark Seeker saga with this exterior agenda that connects him back to Quadratum, right? And I think he kind of knew who everybody was. He knew who all the players were. But mm-hmm. Luke, but Zigbar in this black box... We're sort of like this outlier where he's like, you know, it's kind of like, oh, I wasn't, I didn't have any intel about this. I don't know. It just seems like his perspective when he starts questioning Zigbar is like, hey, you're the control here. There's something going on here that I wasn't expecting and it all points to you. Uh, I almost feel like the black box was almost like this red flag to Luke Sword that, you know, it was different than something he might have been expecting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 interesting though because when he says like when when Zigbar or Lushu when he says to him, "Who are you?" Right? I mean, for starters, that seems to pretty much, in my mind anyway, almost snipe the idea that he's from a period Lushu would have been in. Now, I'm not saying it does for certain, but like because my belief was, and I did say in that video, I do think it's possible we'll see him in a missing link or he's from that scholar. But the, the main thing that was kind of making me think, ah, I don't know, is the fact that it's like, is Lushu in Missing Link? It seems like he's there. And if he's there and he doesn't know who Luke Sword is, I mean, are they not in the same place? You know, it, it just seemed to me like, why doesn't he know who he is? If, you know, like Lushu's literally from as far back in the timeline as we've ever seen in the series. So, and he knows the master directly. So it's like, 
If Wouldn't he one... have been in the Book of Prophecies, right? You know what I mean? I know Lushu didn't get a copy necessarily, but it's sort of this idea that you're pointing to where it's like, Lushu dates back as far as we can remember. He's aware of all the pieces that are on the board, but Luke Sword seems to be one of the few people who slid under his radar. You know, he doesn't yeah. quite know what to make of Luke Sword. And Lushu seems to, Lushu and Zigbar seems to have a beat on everybody. Right. And and the thing is, is that his specific task was to basically observe everything, you know. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like if there was anything important that was going on, he really should have been aware of it. And he should have taken, like, I, you know, I don't know, because I know it's kind of like, well, realistically, can he really be everywhere at one point? Like, you know, can he really see everything? But still, if Luke's word is that important, that Xemnas has been like, I want this guy in the organization and he's mm -hmm. got a keyblade legacy and that's important. That implies he's, it means his past life must have been of significance in some way. Because the thing is about Demix and Luxord, we don't know what they are doing exactly, but you can kind of use the other two people in that scene to kind of form your ideas around it. So we've got Marluxia and Luxine, and we know that that's, you know, Elrena and uh, Lorium, and we know what their story basically is now. So based off of how important they have been, it kind of means like, you would expect to see a similar amount of importance then towards Demix and uh, and Luxord. You know, at mm -hmm. the very least, I, I don't know. I, I would think with Luxord, Demix might end up just being a troll thing where it's kind of just like, oh, he actually isn't that important and everyone was overthinking. <laughs> but <laughs> but, but like, I don't know. To, to throw ancient Keyblade legacy on him, that's, that's, not, that's not throwing words around lightly. I mean, if we do what you're saying and kind of use Larxene and Marluxia as this template of like, okay... There were four of them scattered there. Two mm. of them connect us back to Union Cross, the key saga, right? Perhaps Luke Sword and Demix are like, and you kind of alluded to this in your video, and I'm going to tell you why I actually think you have a case here. Maybe they're from Missing Link. Maybe they're part of that Missing Link era, right? Because one, yeah. it's Scala. And one, like, I, I know I'm, I'm a little scattered here, but I'm going to take it back. This is Zemnis who's saying it to him, right? And we know Zemnis is connected to Xehanort. And Xehanort had an awareness that Quadratum and Unreality existed. So, if we take that a step further and bring ourselves to Missing Link, which is the foundation of Scala, which is where Xehanort is from, this is where Keyblade wielders are being brought up now, and maybe this is going to show us how Luxord got to Quadratum. Because this is clearly going to be a saga where the this will be the first time reality touches Unreality. That's what I think we're going to see in Missing Link. I think you're going to see that Scala and Kylum civilization find a way to reach unreality. And I think it's actually going to show us, or potentially could show us, how Luxord crossed over from one side to the other. Because you yeah. brought it up in your video, we have this almost like chicken and the egg problem here, where it's like, well, where is he from first? Is he from the Kingdom Hearts side of reality, or the Yuzora side of reality? Like, which side did he originate from? But we do know he can traverse between both, which is why I can't help but feel like Missing Link might really go into this. Yeah, I think I think it kind of has to, especially, and you know, actually because of something that's been revealed more recently, which is the whole Sigurd thing. Like yeah. the fact that Sigurd's the voiceover for the Kingdom Hearts 4 trailer seems to strongly imply to me he must have something to do with Quadratum, which means seeing as how he's in Missing Link first, there must be something going on with him in Missing Link that links to Quadratum, you know what I mean? So. Yeah. I, I think that one way or another, that game definitely is going to um, is definitely going to tie strongly into, and it would make sense because it's a game that comes right before Kingdom Hearts Four. So I feel like it would make sense to 
make that game kind of build towards that, especially since we don't know when Kingdom Hearts 4 is coming out. So for the time being, it might be good to have a game that feels like, okay, we're kind of building in that direction towards Kingdom Hearts 4 and then uh, hopefully it'll be kind of done by the time. I don't know if it'll be done then again because it's a mobile. <laughs> but hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it, will be, it will be done. It won't be like ridiculously you know, like drawn out or something um, before Kingdom Hearts 4 comes out. Because uh, it seems like the type of story that should that should be completed before Kingdom Hearts 4 because it's meant to be the missing link so that we can understand, right. I guess, in pieces before we play that game. And that's why I, I do agree. Yeah, I think that there has to be certain details covered then that relates to Kingdom Hearts 4. And since Kingdom Hearts 4 is focused on Quadratum and Unreality, then those things should be there. So I would say Sigurd, uh, Demix, Luxord, they they are literally the the missing links to the ancient Keyblade legacy that we don't know about. Um, and it's funny because they're not, even though those four in that scene are the ones that I pointed out, they're not actually the only uh, characters in the present day, obviously, from that time, you know, because you've also got Scold, right? Um, right? We don't know if it's Scold, but, you know, Subject X, who I'm pretty sure it's Scold, but we don't technically know. Um, and then you've also got Ventus, you know, and, um, and I pointed this out in my Ancient Keyblade Legacy video, but it's very interesting that all of the characters that Xehanort uh, had a relationship with, well, the player had a relationship with, it's interesting how all of them ended up in some shape or form becoming related to Xehanort later on, you know? So like Aww. Ventus in the Union Cross time, obviously he goes to the future and then immediately when Xehanort finds him, it's like, huh, let me use you to forge the Keyblade and blah, 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 blah. You know, uh, Scold, when, if it is Scold, when she ends up as Subject X, who gets to her? Apprentice, you know, uh, Xehanort, and then he's experimenting on her. You know what I mean? Like um, with uh, uh, Malusha and Larxene, they've been found. We know that they had a connection and who they end up with? Xemnas. So the only two people we don't see with a form of Xehanort, like in the mm. past, is Demix and, Lu and Luxord. So we, we still need to understand how did Xemnas know about their legacy? It implies he must have had some, like if, if there must have been some relationship in the past. That's what I'm personally thinking. I don't know. But I would say, even though we're looking to missing Link, you could potentially see something in Dark Road to do with one of them. I don't know. Just because of the simple fact that young Xehanort is in that game and that game is about Xehanort's backstory. So, and I did point out in that video, young Xehanort is the only version of Xehanort, if I'm, I'm pretty sure he's the only version of Xehanort that hasn't had a direct relationship yet with one of these ancient characters. All the rest of them have in some shape or form. And this is why I'm a big believer that we are yet to see the last of Xehanort because mm -hmm. there are those little unfinished plot threads that you're bringing up. But I won't lie, you kind of blew my mind with this idea that all those all those characters that the player had a connection with ended up linking back up towards Xehanort or finding their way back to Xehanort. Like, Luke, Sword, and Demix aside for a minute because they didn't really have a relationship with the player. But what you said right there, it kind of blew my mind a little bit, honestly. Because, you know, now the player reincarnating into Xehanort makes a lot more sense. Yeah, you know, now it, it makes sense why all those characters were kind of involved. Yeah, because it's, 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 you remember in Dark Road, he says at the beginning, he has these memories of his past life, but he specifically calls them his friends in his memories. So he still is saying like, oh, maybe if I go to these other worlds, I can find my friends. Mm -hmm. He's still saying his friends, you know, so I, I don't know how that plays out in Dark Road, but if, if he still holds that dear to him, like these people could be his friends. I don't know, maybe it's weird to think that because he 
experiments on them and you know he's not exactly nice to them as they are not so i don't know if he <laughs> if he really is thinking of them as his friends anymore but i do think it's interesting how that relationship seems to have carried over into the present day even if it's a little warped you know what i mean it's also why it'd be interesting with strelitzia being back it's like even with that it's you know like that's there is there some well there'd be like a xehanort interaction which you would think that there, there couldn't be but i don't know you know i don't know like it's, do you think there's a connection between sigurd and luke sword um i think it's i i think I, i've got this feeling he's one of the two but i'm leaning more towards demix for some reason um but i really do okay. feel like yeah I, I i don't know i think it's just because I think it's because we've. I don't know. It's. I think it's because. Okay, so Demix seems like he doesn't like fighting and any of that kind of stuff. And you did a video on this talking about like Sigurd's uh, role in myth as like this kind of hero and all this kind of stuff. And like I think a it just, hero. Yeah, I think it'd be very ironic if the guy who you know later on is like, oh, I don't like fighting, and he kind of seems like he wants to be anything but a hero, anything but involved. It'd be interesting if originally he was actually a bit more of a heroic character um in some shape or form i don't know but given given the fact that i don't know i don't know because sigurd with his voice being in kingdom hearts in the kingdom hearts 4 trailer as the voiceover I, I don't know what that means i don't know if that means he's in kingdom hearts 4 as sigurd or if like you're saying could he could it potentially be foreshadowing the fact that he's Luxord? I, I don't know but it kind of makes me feel like he's a separate person from Luxord just because we've seen Luxord in Quadratum. Well, I guess technically we don't know for certain it's him, but you know, it, it seems like he's the driver of Fuyuzor. I, I honestly, I'm at the point where I would almost confirm that that's got to be Luxord because it, you know, you brought it up a little bit earlier. It would make perfect sense, right? The crux of Kingdom Hearts three is who are you, Zigbar? Turns out he's Lushu. That's the big final scene, the big reveal. How, what is like that final part of Remind? What's your final yeah, little it, twist? It, yeah. Exactly, yeah. and it opens up with "Who are you, Luke Sword?" and then yeah. Remind yeah. ends, and it's like, "Oh, he's he's connected to Yazora." Um, yeah, yeah, dude. I mean, there's you know, I, I I'm not sure if Sigurd is going to end up as Luke Sword or Sigurd ends up as Demix. I'm not sure if we get literally like I, I I'm almost tempted to believe that Luke Sword's going to have a similar moment to Lushu, just with all the overlap between the two. Like he's going to yeah. take his herd off. Someone's going to call him Sigurd and be like, I've never. I haven't heard that name in a long while. You know? I, I could see it. Poetry rhymes. I get it. You know, but I almost wonder if like, you know, again, the, the prospect you brought up that Luke Sword could be from the master's time. What if Sigurd is too? What if some of the master's old friends have actually been like trying to reach him this whole time and have been trying to like either infiltrate his plan or stop him? I don't know. But you, you know, you're right to not ignore that this whole era that we've never seen has been introduced, even just verbally. But you have to believe that it's not, it, it would be hard for it to just be, okay, the master's the only one left from that time. There's gotta be one other person yeah, lingering like, around, right? Yeah, I just, I just think that it was one of those things that like, I mean, I guess for me, when I look at things like that, I always think, what was the purpose behind Namora bringing that detail up? You know, because he could have easily have just made it something I don't know. It was a bit too vague. Like, it, it's like, okay, he says that there was other masters. And then Lushu's like, I think Lushu's like, was there other masters? And he's like, oh, I'm the only one that mattered and stuff like that. And it's like, huh, what does that mean? Like, yeah. that feels like that's got a context to it that we, like, that we would learn about. 
so we can understand why he said that. Because uh, you know what I mean? I don't know. It's no, just I'm with way- you. I'm with you. Yeah, just the way it's written, it's just kind of like that's that sounds to me like, oh, there's a mystery there. Like, why would he say he's the only one that mattered? You know what I mean? It's 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 kind of like it's deliberately trying to say there might be other people who mattered. Um, and just no, maybe they didn't they didn't suit his vision or they didn't share his vision, right? I mean, the thing is, we given the fact, I mean, it's just like you had this war and you're telling me there's all these people and all this stuff, and you're the only one left, but yet there's multiple darknesses, but one just one you, you know, it's (laughs) kind of like (laughs) so there's all these darknesses, but there's just you, one, there's no one else, you know, and I'm just kind of thinking, okay. Then you've got the, 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 you know, the kid that you literally gave basically the same look as you with the same coat. And, you know, you're like, oh, take my eye and take this box. And, you know, you give him all these very specific things. And he's literally, he's literally like, he's almost like the master's son compared to the other foretellers. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's no, like, I would agree. He's like the main it, apprentice. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's like, there's some, you know, some blatant favoritism, I'd say between him and Arva, but definitely a bit of Lushu. And again, I know... In my video, like, you know, I, I did kind of think, eh, it could be a reach, but, it, you know, he does have, like, the Lux thing in his name. And then there's Luke Sword, you know, Lux Sword, and he's got it, and they're clashing, and they both have this in their name, and there's no one else, you know, and then Lux itself as a word is is treated as something in that specific time period. You and know, and so. only that specific time period. At no right. other time has light been referred to as Lux, but in the Master's time. Right. Which means it's, like, part of I don't want to say their language, but it's part of how they like how they describe things. Obviously, they say yeah. light, but it's it's part of you know, like if you was let's say you had a kid in that time period and you gave them a name, it's reasonable to think you might put Lux in their name because that's part of how you talk. It's part of your everyday language is saying Lux, and you got to think like that was the main major conflict between all of them was the Lux, and you know we need to get mm-hmm. more light or your union's getting more Lux. What's going on? You know, like that was the main thing that drove them apart. Ironically, was the Lux. And I just find that very interesting that there's this other guy that apparently has a Keyblade legacy, an ancient Keyblade legacy. We don't know what it is. There's a time period we know nothing about. And then bear in mind, there's your, you know, the stuff you were saying, your theory and the very popular theory now that the Master of Masters could be related to Light or his name could be a derivative of Light or something like that. And you've got two characters that are supposedly ancient as well with Light in their name. You know, I mean... Yep. And, and we still don't know what era they point to right right i mean lucy we, we we know but yeah with, with luxor we don't know anything and um obviously demix is, is is i would say a bit more of an enigma just because of the fact we know literally nothing like literally nothing that's funny because that's kind of what made him a viable candidate to be the master even though i don't believe in that at all but i understand why people feel that way because it's like well he's kind of his whole backstory is kind of this blank slate so he can kind of slide into different positions. And I don't know. He's an interesting one to me. I, I don't know why they're holding their cards on him so long. Especially since he was introduced like so early compared to maybe some others. But it's like, I don't know, man. There's something else about Luke, Luke Sword that tips me off, though. In that whole scene with Zigbar that you bring up. Hmm. So he asks, like, who are you, Zigbar? But he was never interested in the answer to that question. And I have to think... What position is Luke Sword in? What does he know slash what is he up to that he says, it doesn't matter. I'm content to feign ignorance. I don't need to know who you are to, to handle what I need to handle. You know, like for him to have all those suspicions, 
But for it to not quite matter who Zigbar is, how do I, I can't quite piece those two things together yet. I don't know how I can logically string it together where it's like he's on to him but doesn't care to know his name. I think I think that he's I think that that's probably linked to his role in Quadratum, you know, like and maybe the wild cards that he gave to Sora and like you know, if he had I liked your little edit, by the way, from from uh, Kingdom Hearts yeah, 2 yeah. when he pulls the one card out. Yeah, Perhaps yeah. he'd like a hand at his face. I, I just just wanted to give you some editing props there. I, I love that in your video. Yeah, I, I yeah, I barely edited that video, so I had to do something. I was, <laughs> I was like, let's just okay, I'll just put this in real quick. That's that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's 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 enough editing for this video. Um, but like, uh, yeah, I I just kind of thought like. I, I do think maybe it's something to do with Quadratum because we don't know what's going on on that side. I mean, if he's the driver, right? So he's calling his or commander. Now that implies to me he's pretty integrated there. Like he's part of the chain on the hierarchy. And oh yeah, Zora and you know what I mean. It's like how is he driving the commander around? He must be someone that can be close to Zora. There's no one else in the car with him. Yep. So it's kind of just like who is he in in on reality? And if he went to Kingdom Hearts reality, was that on purpose? Or was it by accident? And if it was on purpose, then he may have went there intentfully with a mission. So when he encounters Lucia, it was kind of like, whatever, I don't really care because my purpose is bigger than this anyway. Like, I'm just going to play through this, boom, whatever, throw the wild card to Sora. You know, I don't know. Was that like, the crux of his mission, though? Because I'm trying to think of like, okay, so what did he leave behind? What did he leave behind? Right, because he, he throws the card to Sora. Hmm. And I'm trying to think, like, what did he leave behind in Kingdom Hearts 2? Like, anything? Um, or I, when he's defeated, yeah, or or at any point during any of his appearances, I think you know if we're trying to figure out what his mission is, I almost wonder if he was trying to was that's, he trying to qualify Sora? Do you think that was it? He was trying to qualify him, you know. And after he'd seen enough, he's like, "Oh, you were born for these sorts of games. Now you can have this wild card because I know we can. You're the guy. We can trust you. You know." Hmm. It's really confusing because of the Keyblade Legacy thing. Like yeah. it just makes me feel like because it, it, the the issue is it, it, it. I feel like it's like which side did he come from first? If he came from Kingdom Hearts reality first, it kind of makes it hard to think. Why would he be so invested in unreality then? You know what I mean? Why exactly? Would he be, it, it, it's but then it's kind of like we don't know the story. Maybe he ended up there and then he just started loving it and he's like, actually, this place is kind of cool. I'm. You know, I don't know, like, and then he just gets, meets people, meets Zora, gets a normal job, and, and he's like, yeah, you know, and then they're like, oh, actually, you remember that reality you came from? Yeah, we're going to need you to head over there. And it's like, oh, man, I don't want to go back there, but all right, do the job. I don't know, like, I'm just making something up, but I, I'm I'm really struggling to understand what the, what his incentive was, because, yeah, he he's, it seems like he has a goal larger than that. But then I don't know if that's really what it meant. And I don't like, know. Was he just a delivery man right now? Was he just a delivery boy? I got to deliver this wild card to who I think we can use, you know? Because that was very intentful. And th the fact that he said, like, might come in, what is this? Like, basically said, might come in handy or might not. Might, might turn the, the tables. Right. But, but how? It, it didn't do anything in Kingdom Hearts 3. And this is exactly the same as the uh, their reveal of the Keyblade Legacy. They didn't reveal it in Kingdom Hearts 3. You know, and it's kind of like, so when is that reveal supposed to happen? You know what I mean? It's like, yep. when, 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 why didn't Zemnus tell them before they got their asses kicked? Hey, it's time to reveal the Keyblade Legacy, guys. You know, like, let's be honest. If Marluxia 
summoned his Keyblade in the final battle, that would have, given all the hype that was going on, that would have just been more hype. It wouldn't have yeah. been out of place. It would have just been like, oh, and now, you know, maybe we was beating Molusha up and then he summons his Keyblade and now it's like, oh, you know, second form, right? Whatever. I don't know. It, 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 it could have easily have gone that way, but it didn't. They lost. And I just have to think, why would Zemnus, why is there a whole scene dedicated to pointing out that they've got a Keyblade Legacy and he's specifically saying, you're going to reveal your greatest secret yet. And they don't reveal it. So, so I, have two, I have two answers for you. I have two potential answers for you. Here's one. Um, Xehanort was always about a plan B. And not even just Xehanort. Like, even Ansem and Xemnas. Like, it was always about a plan B. He even has that line, I plan for every eventuality. Like, the new Princes of Heart. That was his backup plan if the Guardians couldn't bring the goods. So Xehanort's sort of this guy who he's like, well... If one vessel fails, I've got this backup vessels. That's why in Kingdom Hearts 3, one of the things that led to his downfall was he had too many backup vessels. And now Vexen's running around, and Demix is running around, and they can switch sides, and suddenly all you did was recruit more allies for the other side. But he typically seems to like plan these things to almost try and make himself foolproof. Um, that's one explanation, is this whole Keyblade Legacy thing might have been something that Xehanort was using as a backup plan, but was also simultaneously illustrating that Xehanort not only knew about like the whole Key Saga Union Cross era, but as we know now with, with Luke Sword in Quadratum, we now know that Xehanort knew about that world, right? Like we, we think of it as Melody of Memory told us Xehanort knew about Unreality. But in truth, if you piece it together, Xemnas saying to Luke Sword, you have this hidden Keyblade legacy, and then the end of Remind seeing Luke Sword in Unreality and that alone, you could kind of piece it together and be like, oh, wait, maybe Xehanort really knew all this time. So before I blabber any further, that's one way that that could in particular work out. The other way I could potentially seeing that work out, oh, I just had it and now I lost it. Um, why would you bring it up and not flesh it out? <laughs> I guess I had, a, I had a number two. I just blabbed on too long. But, I mean, on one, let's just stick with the one hand. On one hand, I guess it could be Xehanort with his whole plan B and foolproof thing. Yeah. Because, yeah, that's, that's exactly why I said in my video is that I think that, like, if, if, if Xemnas knows, then Xehanort knows. And, um, yeah. and I think that Xehanort could potentially, you know, just like you said, that's what my thought was, that maybe it, it, the only thing I could think of is that it must be uh, a contingency plan. It must be like, okay, in the event we lose you're going to reveal your greatest secret. Because the funny thing about it, and that's another thing I pointed out, was that the, the entire that entire plan of them revealing the legacy doesn't even make sense unless they get defeated. Because if they don't get defeated, they can't even remember the legacy to reveal it. That's what I was going to get at. You just brought it back. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. Now, that's what I've got. <laughs> oh, well, that's all I was going to say is that, well, the plan's not finished. That That's right. the other thing. Is that, well, Xehanort, who plan Maybe both perspectives go together. Maybe the guy who plans for every eventuality, maybe he planned for his loss. And maybe at a certain point, he was like, well, we're probably going to lose. Let's put plan C in commotion, this ancient Keyblade legacy. I don't know. I, I, I've, you know, it's hard to talk about an organization member without talking about Xehanort. And I'm just of this belief that we're yet to see the end of him. And I think Luke Sword's going to play into that. Because like you said, we've seen them all connect their way to Xehanort. They all play back to Xehanort. We don't know how Xehanort knew about Demix and Luke Sword. We still don't know that. 
yeah i think i feel like that's i feel like that's you know you could say the missing link i feel like that's one of the missing links exactly like how does he know those two because mm-hmm. is Eminus to specifically because what he said in that scene is how do you think i chose numbers nine through to, uh nine through twelve and you know i mean remember like all four of them are original members they were all there from the beginning of the series basically yeah right so they're they're og which means that from back in that like back in the kingdom hearts you know chain of memory days and all that he picked them all from back then with the hebrew legacy in mind so he must like he must know about it from something from before they were in the organization so he specifically sought them out because he already knew of of them so it implies like he must have a history you know because we know we know why he knows about marluxia and um Luxine, because if he has memories from his time as the player which we know he does then he could easily you know potentially remember them or i don't know i'm not sure exactly i guess it's not being fully explained why he knows even about Marluxia and Luxine, but at least with those two but you have can, a paper trail yeah we can kind of figure okay we know he has memories of them so we know at least that much so it's plausible to think he could know of them and seek them out like oh i know these four have got that connection but it's the other two like, like, you know, like we've been saying, he, we haven't seen the history yet. And that's what I think in one of these two games, if not both of them, maybe Demix is in one and uh, Luxord's in the other. Because one thing I did also mention, and you can tell me what you think about this, but I don't really feel like Luxord and Demix have, a, have like, um, like, I feel like we pair them together a lot, like, as if they're going to be in the exact same place at the exact same time. But they don't seem to know each other though. Like if they, they don't really interact. Like when I was looking through their cutscenes, they don't really talk to each other. There's no interactivity going on whatsoever. Whereas when you look at like Marluxia and uh, Larxene, they're always like kind of flirting. And they were always like, drawn to each other. Even before right. they had memories, there was just something about each other. They were drawn to one another. Exactly. And then when we saw their somebodies, it we saw where that came from. So it kind of like implies that if they're from the same time, then they would kind of show some sort of relationship in some way in the present day. But mm-hmm. the fact that those two don't seem to have any sort of relationship whatsoever makes me wonder that they didn't know each other at all. In fact, Demix even says something to, I think it's Vexen, when mm-hmm. he says, I didn't even know you in the old life or something like that. Yeah, and... no, no, I didn't even know you in the old life. He said, right. yeah, he said so, exactly that. So I, I feel like if he did know Luxor in the, in the old life, there and you see, be- that's a deliberate clue right there. You can't tell me that one line dialogue isn't a deliberate clue to like let the audience know, hey, Demix is not going to just pop up in Radiant Garden as a somebody. That's not where he's from, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I've, 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 I've yeah, Demix is. <laughs> well, sure well, he's so. an anomaly. I mean, but to, to answer your question, I suppose, uh, I, I don't think there's any connection between the two. I think it's, I think if they end up. From the same era, I think it's a matter of coincidence and saving cutscene money. So it's possible they're both from Quadratum or they're both from Missing Link. But I doubt, like, I doubt they have much of a history together, I guess is all I'm trying to say. Yeah, or it could be like, you know, like you were saying, it could be because one of them is Sigurd. Like, it could, if Luke's or um, Luxord, if he's Sigurd, then Demix may not have known him as Luxord. You know, he may have known him as Sigurd or something or, mm-hmm. or vice versa. So that might be why they don't really recognize each other because it's like maybe they did they were right next to each other before but they it was under different you know identities so they don't realize you know what i mean because it's like would if ephema ran into zay or not would he recognize the fact that oh you you know you you, used, you have like a 
player's heart kind of within you. I don't know if if, if he would. I feel like he would because it's Kingdom Hearts and people seem to be able to sense things like that. But I'm not sure. I, I think so. You know, I I I think if the likes of Sirlitia or Scald or Ephemer, if they were to see Xehanort, I think there'd be some there'd be something in them they recognize, right? I think they, like, no matter how vague or on the nose they play it, they could play it as vague as, there's something about him that feels familiar. Or it could be as deliberate as, I feel my friend's heart in there. I don't know. Um, but I have to believe, whether it's in Missing Link or Quadratum, I mm -hmm. think we're going to see it play out exactly what you're saying. I think you're going to see a connection to those two characters back to Xehanort, because that's another missing link, right? And that's what's kind of funny, this missing link title. I feel like that's going to apply in more ways than one. I don't think we're getting just one missing link. Yeah, definitely not. I think there's it's going to be a whole many. bunch of missing links, dude. Yeah, there's, there's there's too many. If it was one, that's a waste of a game. It's a waste of, that's a waste <laughs> of a budget. That's a waste of a budget. There's too many. Like, no, Nomura, you need to give us the answers to the keys. Like, I feel like that's just... This needs to be like all the lingering plot threads from the key saga. It's time to put it to rest now. Like this is it, you know, Before like four Kingdom no, Hearts four hundred percent. Yeah. Like just whatever you need to tell us about brain, like in relation to, you know, Erica say my grandfather disappeared. If you're going to show us that, let's see in Missy Link, you know, if you're and I show bet us, you he went to Quadratum. I, I would I would not doubt it in the slightest. I don't think because I because I don't think Sterlitz is the only one, right? Like no one like can we just ask that question? Like, what is she doing there? How did she know to find Sora? Why is she taking care of him? Why is she showing him the ropes? What are her new motivations? Like Sterlitzia being there, like it throws a wrench into a lot. Like, it's not as simple as like I know they say in the trailer, like, oh, Quadratum serves as an afterlife. But it's like, that's not as simple. No, 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 no. Sora's here because he broke a nature taboo. Sterlitzia, yeah. you were just stamped in the back. Like, you didn't do what Sora did. So why are the two of you in the same place? Well, that's the funny thing, because the the um, I've seen people make the argument like, okay, well, the reason why it's the same is because, in a sense, Sora did die. And it's like, okay, but then, you know, you're forgetting about the other way of getting there that we know for a fact, which is the arc. And as far as we mm, can tell, that has okay. nothing to do with dying. So it's like, even if you're, you know, because what I mean is people kind of make an argument, Shiretsu and Sora, even though it doesn't seem like they got there the same way, maybe they kind of did, because maybe you could argue Sora died in a sense in the Kingdom Hearts rally. But then that doesn't explain the arc, because it's like if the arc can send someone to the other side, how does that work? Does that count as them dying? Right. Or, you know... I'm not really sure how that how that one. Well, because then how far do you take that, right? It's like okay, so are Xehanort and Eric is there too, you know? Yeah, it, it's it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of odd. Like I I feel like there's obviously some special conditions that have to be fulfilled because it's even with Instralix's case, it's like why wasn't she just in the final world or something? You know what I mean? Um, or I don't know wherever wherever Xehanort and Ericus went, why didn't she just go there? Um, you know yeah. why is it specifically that she's in Quadratum, which of course might lend credence to the fact that maybe it's because it's not <laughs> it's not the original Shalesia, you know, it could be the, the data one, which... She's sleeping in the box art. Not the box art, there is no box art. But in the concept art, she's sleeping, and that usually means something when Nomura does artwork. Yeah, it's... it's Yeah, like, as if she's not fully awakened, like, the actual true Shalesia is still asleep somewhere, or mm -hmm. gone, or something. I don't know, I find it odd, because in a way... As much as I can see the data thing being plausible and it does play into potentially the true dandelion thing, which I was a big advocate of. At the same time, though, I kind of am like, okay, so 
let's say in theory she's the true dandelion she gets sent through the arc somehow you know sends her through into quadratum um cool but then it's like how does she where does the body come like did she have the body when she was sent or did she get one later on? like you know because they didn't have replicas back in uh the key time from as yeah. far as i know because vexen invented them right so it's kind of mm-hmm. like even if she was data she wouldn't have had the physical form so where did she i can i can understand her being sent like in a disembodied way because it's kingdom hearts and they've done that kind of stuff with disembodied hearts and whatever so right but in terms of like where did her physical form come from in quadratum and how is it a perfect replica of her you know like it's just i don't know that's the that's the only part of it that kind of makes me like uh is it the true one or is it not like that's the only thing is like where did her body come from um if it isn't her but i don't know we don't know what's over in quadratum so we don't know what's possible. I, I don't and, know. and who knows? There might be a whole little story to Shalitia we don't know about. Maybe Quadratum wasn't the first place she got dropped off at. You know, maybe yeah. after she was killed in Daybreak Town, she went somewhere else. Like maybe she went to the final world first, and through the final world, she got funneled in to unreality or something. I mean, who knows? Who knows? And again, this is where I, I hate to keep coming back to it, but this is where like you could use young Xehanort for all of this. Because he could just travel through all of time and I wanted to bring this up earlier. You know, the master sends him out on that world tour, right? And we're going to see more of that in um, in Dark Road. Like they yeah. showed, they showed a little hint towards that scene. Maybe it's on that world tour that Young Xehanort bumps into Demix and Luke Sword. And maybe on that world tour, he the master gives Xehanort the ability to go to any time period and even to the other side of reality. You know, well, that's another. Cause that's another thing as well. Like I, I don't know if I'm, I'm not sure if was it was it supposed to be um, was it supposed to be uh the the hooded uh Anson on Destiny Islands that taught Xehanort how to time travel? I can't remember if it was explained how he learned it or not. Um, because I feel like it might have been uh the Anson on you know the. I think the robe, as my understanding, and people in the chat can correct us if we're wrong, but my understanding is that the robed figure. Uh, is who showed young Xehanort the ropes on how to time travel. Okay, yeah. So it wasn't the master then. Okay, cool, good. Because um, I was going to say, like, that could potentially be how even explain that. But, yeah, I guess... Um, I feel like the, his first meeting with the master, there's going to have to be some things that's discussed there. Um, I'm not sure exactly what kinds of things, because by the time he has the second meeting with him, where he, you know, the cutscene we saw, he didn't know who he was until at the very end when he's like, you know, my name is, he didn't know who he was. He's like, who are you? Some kind of fortune teller. So whatever their first conversation is, it's obviously not going to be very enlightening as to who he is. Um, or, yeah. you know, because he Zaynort doesn't know. So I'm not sure what he's going to talk to him about or, or what he's going to tell him. But I would assume it has to be something that wouldn't give away the fact he's a master in some way. Because I don't know. I'm not sure what, what well, he's Well, he, he clearly never shows um, Zaynort a keyblade. You know, he definitely doesn't give off that impression to Xehanort that he has anything to do with Keyblades or anything as far as that's concerned. Um, but as far as what we could expect to maybe see in that first conversation, maybe we can see a little bit more of, you know, because the Master could be very tricky, right? He, he talks to literally every character differently. He's a, he's, mm-hmm. he's a different person depending on who he's speaking to. I want to see how he, like... Like schmoozes Xehanort a little bit. Like, how do you, how do you show that you have such amazing capability, but convince this guy you're not a threat? 
You know, like how how do you? I don't know. I don't but also, know. why? What? I guess. I guess. We'll obviously, we we'll have to wait to find out. But also, why is Zay not even there? Um, like, how did he get there? And because oh, I think he goes rogue, man. I think after the event, I think some. I think when his friends die in Dark Road, he just he just goes rogue. You know, he doesn't want to be in Scala anymore. He doesn't. He chose the Seeker's life, like right. That's what Zay. That's what uh, yeah. Yen Sid would say. Is he eventually chooses to walk down that path? I think that is the beginning of his Seeker's path, and that's why the Master sort of uses him because like, oh, you're seeking more. And you know, we bring this up. It's funny. You know, we were doing a deep dive on Luke Sword, but here, here in the second half, we're talking a little bit more about Xehanort. But um, you know, there's a there's a line from Remind that I still haven't really gotten my head over yet, but. Do you remember when, like, I think it's Terra Xehanort says to Sora, like, oh, so you also chose the Forbidden Path. You know? Yeah. So, like, what, did Xehanort misuse the power of waking at some point? You know? Hmm. Well, that's the thing, because they know about it for sure. Yeah. They know about, they know about, and, and Xehanort says to him, are you prepared to pay the ultimate price? Like, so he knows about it. He knows what's going to happen. Zay, you know, young Xehanort taunts him about it and says, your time in this world. And, like, and it's they, particularly they, the young Xehanort who, who um, does that, right? Like, it's almost like young yeah. Xehanort's more clued in than old man Xehanort is. Yeah, I think, well, I think, I think, old, I think old man Xehanort knows because it, like in, in Remind, he does say to him. He definitely like, knows. He definitely knows. Yeah, in like in Scala, he says stuff to him like, you know, like about about it when he sees him, um, when he sees the Sora from, uh, you know, the future, and he's like, oh, you know, like again, like, are you prepared to pay those for a price? But I think it's 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 weird because it's like I'm just trying to think like how does that really relate to Quadra Like he has to like we have to find out for certain in Doctor why he knows about it. That definitely is getting answered. Like there's mm -hmm. no way that is not being explained but it's kind of like how would he find out um and my thought has always been maybe it's got some relation to him trying to figure out what's going on with his memories and he tries to look into it more and well he starts finding about can i offer but, can i offer maybe uh, a, a little a little pocket theory here yeah so we saw at the end of union cross that xehanort was born in that it, he was born in scala ad kylum right but not the scala that we see him in in kingdom arts 3 he was born in the old scala Yes. Right. Yeah. And I think that old Scala is going to figure out how to how to reach Quadratum. And I think when Xehanort gets to go on this world tour, I think mm -hmm. he's and he gets the whole time travel. He's going to go back and almost like decrypt it. I don't know, because I keep thinking about like, let's not forget, they deliberately showed us that he's from older Scala as opposed to like more new wave Scala. They deliberately showed us he's from that older time. We're told that older time is going to be a missing link to Quadratum. It, it just seems like there's that overlap between the yeah, two. Yeah, do you? It's funny, like because the way how um, obviously we don't know the exact events surrounding when Xehanort's born or whatever, but the way how it seems to be shown in Union Cross is like he's he's a baby when he's born in that old scholar, mm -hmm. and then he's taken to Destiny Islands and he's still a baby, right? So we know he didn't spend any time growing up in that spot. Like he didn't spend any time there whatsoever. Like at least growing up, um, right. whether he'll go back there, we don't really know. I don't know if he time travels or because that's the thing. You have to have a version of yourself or whatever to kind of go back. So I don't know if he would go back or if he'd be able to exactly go back. But I suppose maybe. Um, 
But what's kind of interesting is the fact that because he's born in that time, I keep thinking that in Missing Link, it's like a lot of the events in that game is going to kind of lead up to Xehanort's birth. You know, like there's the whole thing about mm-hmm. um, the society of heirs and non-heirs. And then there's the fact that, you know, Ephema, who founded Scala, had the Book of Prophecies. And I wonder if if in if in that book, it's like kind of alludes to someone like Xehanort being born someday. And obviously we know what Xehanort's supposed to do. I wonder if that's the reason why it was like a big deal to get him out of there. Because it's kind of like, we know what this child is and we can't have him here because he's a danger. You know, it reminds me of like, um, there was a plot thread in, you know, not plot thread, but there was a reference in Kingdom Hearts 1. And I could be wrong, maybe someone correct me, but I have tried to really think back on this. Um, and I've even considered making a video on it. You know, when you go to uh, uh, Atlantica, uh, Atlantica, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you in Kingdom Hearts 1 and King Triton saying about like, he's worried about the Keyblade and he, he doesn't want Sora to use the keyhole and all this stuff. And he's saying that, you know, the Keyblade can bring destruction. And he says about how, you know, it can either bring like basically salvation, like it can be used to save people or it could be used to destroy people. And I'm kind of thinking, I don't know if we ever... I don't know if that was supposed to just allude to Riku and Sora's relationship in the game, or if there's something that's happened why King Triton would would think like, oh, that could happen. And it kind of makes me wonder if there's been some kind of idea passed down that there's a wielder or some wielders that would destroy everything. And, you know, you've got Xehanort, and it kind of just makes you think, where hmm. did those stories come from? The only place I could think is that it would have come from that scholar that he was born in, you know, and I'm just thinking, like, what stories did they kind of share amongst themselves about prophecies and and you know what the future holds and because in in key that entire idea of the prophecies is what basically destroyed them yeah and i'm just thinking they've got the same book in this scholar and that scholar is not around <laughs> by the time you know it's still around i guess if it evolves into the uh scholar we see in the later games but i don't know i, I guess i think another of- apocalyptic event is coming if that's what you're getting at yeah, like it, it kind of makes me feel like when it was getting rid of him, it's like there's some reason they don't like he needs to not be there. But is, why is, is it just him or is Can there I, other Well, here here would be my my guess, right? So so Destiny Islands is peculiar to begin with, right? So you tell me Xehanort and Sora grew up on the same islands. Okay, right off the bat, we gotta put this thing under the microscope. But number two, if I were to guess, right? So you tell me Xehanort was born in Scala, and then we bring him to Destiny Islands. But he's eventually going to go back to Scala. So uh, off the bat, if I were to guess off the top of my head, maybe part of their whole plan, this whole secret society, the one that picked up Brain, the one that Ephraimer started, the one that made this plan to get Xehanort out of there. What if their whole plan was to get Xehanort to Destiny Islands because it spins on a slower time axis so they could keep him there for a while and then they can bring him back into the future? Yeah, it's, it's, well, that's the thing. I, it's like, I guess we don't know exactly what's in the Book of Prophecy, but if you go by the nature of it, it's supposed to basically be everything that happens, right? That leads mm-hmm. up until the final battle. So it, it kind of makes me wonder, like, how much stuff do they know is just going to, they kind of just know that's fate and we're just going to let it play out. But then it seems like, I don't know, I guess it's hard to say because we don't know what it is, but I'm kind of just thinking that that society's kind of, and I think you've alluded to this before and that I think that society is kind of around to try and counter fate because yeah. it seems like it's they, they I, I feel like they would be going more off of like Arvis mentality of, you know, let's not do what the master says has to happen. Let's try and do things a different way. Um, 
obviously we don't know how that plays out, how that would take place if that's true until mm-hmm. we play the game. But I feel like in some way, I, I'm just wondering, is Zay not part of that or was he the hmm. danger to that? Like, that's what I'm kind of more thinking because mm. it seemed like they very urgently went to get him specifically. Obviously, we don't know. We didn't see, but I'm just thinking like, he seems like the baby that they wanted to prioritize. There was no other kids on Destiny Island. They just took him. So it's like, what? why him specifically? You know, and we know what he's going to grow up to be. And if they had the Book of Prophecies, and we don't know who that hooded figure was. Let's say it was Ephemer or something. Or, you know, it's like, did he know? Like, oh, this is this is the kid. Like, this is the one that's going to try to summon Kingdom Hearts and all the rest of it. And uh, let's get him out of here. I don't know. Do you think they were know. able to sense the player in him? And it's something about that tipped them off or were like, hey, this baby either needs to be protected or separated. Do you think they were able to maybe sense the player in him? Possibly. That's that. Yeah. I, yeah. Possibly. Like, especially because you have to think, right, the darknesses from the Union Cross time, they're going to hunt the player. You know what I mean? Like they, they, they're going to have a vengeful spirit towards the player, you know. But yeah, I, I don't it's, know. It's it, yeah, it's. <sighs> <laughs> it's a missing link is what it is so <laughs> hey he said it he said it he said the thing <laughs> yeah, no it, it's 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 wild because i just that game i i feel like you know sometimes i make memes about it, like oh, oh you know missing link's gonna be you know greatest game but honestly i think like they have the potential um i mean I've, i i hope kingdom hearts 4 will be you know the better game because it's Kingdom Hearts 4 but yeah. um, I do think Missing Link has a lot of potential story-wise and lore-wise to, to do very interesting things because it really is a game I like with Union Cross I felt like I could kind of predict or kind of think about certain things that might happen because it had characters in there that we know where they end up right. so we knew like okay <clears throat> they can't all just die here or something because we know where they end up but Missing Link doesn't seem to have any people in it from what I can think of right now, that we can really say we know where they end up. In fact, they all seem like we don't know what happened. Like yep. we don't really know who's in it except Brain and Sigurd. And, and I, guess I think they- I think they're all headed to Quadratum. That's how I think that ends. <laughs> I think you get yeah, some. I, I, the sickos are going to cross over. Yeah, I, I I think. Yeah, I I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, what do you think Sigurd's thing is? Like, do you think he's going to be an antagonist or? Is he going to be on like you know the good side or? I think Seeger's on our side, but I think he's going to be he's going to I think he's going to be that character whose intentions you're constantly questioning. Yeah, you know. What I, I feel mean? like I feel like it's kind of like um. He's going to almost be like the Guardians version of a Lushu, maybe, you know, mm-hmm. like um, or I should say Zigbar, where it's kind of like he, he he's I don't know, like he's kind of a bit it's kind of a bit like dodgy, like uh, what's this guy really up to, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but he's he's not he's going to turn out to actually be all right i'm not sure because i think it's just interesting i'm not saying the myth with him is necessarily gonna be canon to his character but i do think it's interesting he's, it's meant to be like you know some kind of hero figure um and i just wonder is that going to play into his character in any way maybe he'll be subverted and he'll be so like an anti-hero or something but... i think he's if it follows the myth he's going to have a very tragic death but he'll he'll be regarded as a hero, but he'll have a very tragic death by his own mistake. Well, that's, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's yeah, that's that's uh, that's gonna be that'll be very unfortunate. But you know, it is what it is, I guess. I mean, yeah, I I don't know. In in terms of like um, Kinemon's for in particular, though, um. I'm just thinking, like, in terms of um, kind of to go back to the whole Luxord thing, like, 
obviously, I guess whatever his role is, let's say he pops up in Missing Link um, or Dark Road. Obviously, that's going to be more just an introduction if he is in those games, because obviously whatever he's supposed to be doing is going to extend over into Kingdom Hearts 4. Um, and I guess we'll see what's going on with him and what exactly he's supposed to be getting up to. But it just makes me wonder because there's a lot of new people, I guess, new characters. You've got Yuzora, um, you've got, you know, uh, the Nameless Star, you've got... Um, I'm trying to remember. I mean, there's there's Seeger, there's Aegis, yeah, there's Magia. Yeah. Right, that's it. So um, this is a bit of a wild idea, but isn't, I, I don't know. I don't know. This is just me maybe jumping the gun a bit because we've barely seen anything of Quadratum. But I just find it interesting that Ma, like Magia and Aegis, they're in the commercial with Yuzora, right? And, and, I'm, and I've always been trying to figure out what that commercial is exactly. Like, I know it's a commercial, but what is it based on? You know what I mean? Because... Um, in a video I did where I was talking about Quadratum, it, it's like I couldn't. I was trying. I was saying that I feel like it's almost like a not a dream sequence, but it's more based in. I don't know if it's entirely real. Is what I'm trying to say. Like, um, you know, you, well, you've the, got to, yeah. Go, go I was just gonna say to to. I'm, I'm, I hope you don't think I'm gonna give you any concrete answers. I'm just gonna confuse you more. But you know, to add to that, you consider the toy box world was a split world, right? Like, mm. it was almost like this pocket world separated from its source world that, you know, uh, Buzz and Woody and all of them were kind of trapped in. So it's almost like that whole toy box world we went to wasn't very real at all. You know, it was that's, almost like a, it's almost like this fever dream world. Right, but that's what's interesting, though, because um, obviously we all know that, like, Furum Rex has got the parallels with Versus, right? And 100%. the whole tagline with Versus was um, a fantasy based on reality, right? And in the car when Yuzora wakes up, he's like, says, you know, is any of this for real or not, right? And it's very interesting because the mm. the fight, I'm pretty convinced that the fight between him and Sora was a dream. I don't think that- I was think so like, too. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, he literally wakes up after it. And Sora, I would assume in one of these scenes we've seen, I'm guessing in the Kingdom Hearts 4 trailer when he wakes up, maybe, I don't know. But I, I think he wakes up as well at some point. And- that entire encounter was a, was a dream. But what's really interesting to me is that Yuzora, he says, like, when he meets Sora, that he went through these trials and all this kind of stuff. And I've always been of the belief that maybe the commercial we saw was the trials he's talking about, you know, um, because the most popular theory besides that before was the Reapers game. But, yeah. I mean, that's seeming a lot less and less likely considering what Nomura's been saying about the World Interview. So right. um, I, I think that it's, to me, considering it's the only thing we've seen of him engaging in any type of action i just feel like why did nomura show us that with him with the gigases and you know trying to save the name star and um and all that like why did he show us here's the little stuff? bit here's the little bit that i can offer um as far as i know chat you're welcome to correct me on this and you're also welcome to shoot questions we are past the one hour mark um but if i'm right about this versus 13 there was supposed to be a constant dialogue between Noctis and Stella, who that's Yuzora and the Nameless Star now, right? Those are those standards. They were only able to communicate with one another through dreams. Dreams, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yes. And and um, I alluded to this in my video about is the Nameless Star real or is she from Yuzora's dreams? And it was because of that very same thing. And... Um, mm. 
there's yeah there's there's a whole theory i have based on some of the concepts on verses and it's wild like to do with like stellar and strelitzia and the nameless star because all three of them have got very similar natures um in a lot of ways like you know i mean i'm not going to go too far into it but it, it, there's there's a lot of parallels between those three characters in particular um that's very interesting considering the fact it's Nomura and he you know created all these characters and um I, I kind of wonder in some way like what that means for the future of uh Yuzora and the Nameless Star because what you just said when I you know when I was thinking of that that's I just thought well the only time we've seen her like as as from what we can tell as a person is in the commercial and I'm wondering like what is that commercial is that is that taking place in the dream or whatever because in that commercial um quadratum's empty you know there's no one there there's no people they're shooting things they're destroying buildings like and then the buildings don't actually get destroyed it's like some weird reality distortion thing that mm-hmm. comes from the name of star's power but it's really odd like it's so bizarre but it doesn't feel real it feels like a fantasy but it could be based on reality but it's not really real and the other thing you have to bear in mind is <laughs> it's a commercial for a video game so it's kind of wild. I don't know. Like the fact that it's a, a commercial. Do you want to take that further? Like, I, I, this is why I love the toy box world so much because I've been staring at it for three years now and I still, I'm still trying. It's still 480p and I've been staring at this thing for years now. But the, the thing that like really, oh God, how am I, how am I even going to begin this thought? So, you know how they keep saying Sora looks like Yazora, even though, like, even Goofy, who's supposed to be, like, the wise idiot, points out, like, yeah, but he looks a lot more like Riku than he does Sora. Yeah. What if Yazora's real appearance looks more like Sora? Right? That's what I've always said. You know? That is what I've always said, yeah. Because, like, they mistake, like, oh, you look just like him. And it's like, okay, we, the player, can see Sora does not look like Yazora. Okay, he's an anime boy. You can give him that. Maybe these... The T-Rex toy, he just lumps all anime boys together. All anime boys look the same to him. Sure. But Kingdom Hearts, believe it or not, doesn't often talk down to its audience, especially when it comes to solving its series mysteries. Um, You know, the localization might, but the overall narrative, not so much. But if if we see him as Yazora, we see him as this sort of like Riku Noctis hybrid, but the toy box world sees... Yuzora like Sora what does that even begin to mean well I mean I don't there was someone when in like my older videos that uh had commented saying something like well maybe Rex when he's playing the game obviously he's playing the game from the beginning right mm-hmm. and we don't see the beginning so you could assume Yuzora has his original form at the beginning and if he has his original form at the beginning and then he's played through it and lost his form then from Rex's perspective, if he does look like Sora originally, it's like, oh, that's why you look like Sora because, like, you know, that's why he's mistaken him and saying, you look like Sora because he's played the beginning of the game and he's seen what he looks like. Um, you know, so I do, I, I remember someone's commenting that on my video and I do, I've always thought that's actually a very plausible answer for why that, because it, it never made sense to me. Like, when, I remember when I first played the game, I was just thinking, what are they talking about? Like, he looks yeah. exactly like Riku. It's Riku. Like and even Goofy <laughs> points it out. Yeah, but they, yeah, and, and that was what made me kind of think, okay, the writers are aware of it. Good, like, just, <laughs> are they just are they not? I, I don't know. Like, 
because I've seen some animes where they they do things like that where they see two characters look the same and they don't and I don't know I was just thinking maybe it's one of those things but um but no like it kind of it kind of made me think okay there could be some actual plot reason as to why this mistake is happening um I think it has yeah. everything I think it has everything to do with the stolen bodies I want to I want to chime in with uh Maria's chat here it says I think the Yuzora looked like Sora but he stole someone's body that looks more like Riku's. I think that right. kind of paints into what you were saying. And that's and that's the next question is, who is that? The body that we're seeing the Riku look like, who is that guy? Because it's not him. And it's What if it's Seagird? <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. That's, that's, it's, I feel like whoever it is, is going to be someone of some significance. So in other words, I feel like it has to be someone like, that we because we don't recognize them other than we just say oh he looks like Riku mm-hmm. right but right it's like maybe we maybe we've just not seen this person yet and another thing is that Sigurd having the hood and not showing what he looks like why do, do we not see his face straight away you know is that part of the reason why this dude this dude was in the Union Cross finale he was the foot soldier for this new organization he picked up brain knew he would be there He's the narrator in the Missing Link trailer. He's the narrator in the Kingdom Hearts 4 trailer. And like you're saying, we don't know what his face looks like. And if he's a completely new character, why hide his face? Right. I mean, then again... It could happen. No, I mean, you could do it, but... Yeah. But 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 the thing is, he's becoming more sus as time goes on. Like, you know initially i didn't think too much of it i just kind of thought okay he's got the hood up whatever maybe it's like an organization similar type of thing but then it's like now he's got the voiceover with the king of portrait mm, mm. you know and and even True. like the fact that nomura created like a whole mystery around the fact he was the narrator of the king of four trailer you know what i mean it's kind of like he wants you to pay attention to that character or he wants to create some type of mystery there and um do you think he was mad that we were all shocked that Zigbar was Lushu? Do you think he was just like, guys, it was it was right in front of you. And now this time he's like, okay, so Sigurd, <laughs> the new mystery. He's a mystery. I want you to pay attention to this mystery. Yeah, I yeah, I think I think, well, I'm not sure. But, I, but the funny thing is, I mean, if so, he didn't make it easy because the, 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 the puzzle we had or whatever at the event to feel, I still don't really get what, what I, I have no idea what happened for all They're I know like, it's like somebody won a cereal box competition or something I have no idea how any of that riddle they, stuff worked someone someone figured out like the riddle like to to like the message that was on like um something to explain who the narrator was and I was just like okay sure if you say so yeah <laughs> I, guess, I, I was like know. hey i don't speak japanese chief so whatever you say i'm just gonna nod my head and say okay yeah i mean a lot of people obviously corroborated and said it's actually yeah. so but yeah it was it's, it's interesting and it was f- figured out quite fast given what it was like Kingdom oh Hearts fans. kid of arts fans move fast <laughs> that, that yeah, thing, yeah. we didn't get 24 hours before we knew it was secret which is just crazy to me um Mostly last comments, plus the direct parallels of Magia and Donald, Aegis, and Goofy. Why did they decide to take that uh, cut out from the game? Uh, I don't necessarily understand the second half of that chat, but there are clear parallels, you know, between Yazora's gang and Sora's gang. Um, I even think you could see the parallels, you know, <clears throat> not just with Versus 13, but you look at Final Fantasy 15, you look at the party members. Like Prompto was the guy with the camera, 
and cameras was like a side quest and taking pictures was a side quest in Kingdom Hearts 3. And then you had um, uh, Ignis, who was the chef, and cooking was a side quest in Kingdom Hearts 3. I don't, <clears throat> I'm just saying you can kind of, I kind of see those overlapping tropes between the two. Remy's Ignis. <laughs> Remy's Ignis. Oh my God. I, I love it. Uh, Twilight Blaze, a sage, says, to be fair, everyone says Roxas and Sora look alike. So when they first mentioned that Yazora and Sora looked alike, I just thought it was another one of those things. That's kind of what I was like. I was kind of thinking it was just one of those things that's like, it doesn't really mean anything. But then when Goofy pointed out, no, it looks like Riku and they had an, a whole little thing about it. I was like, hmm, okay. So they have acknowledged that he doesn't really look like him. You know, right. so kind of like, so why is the mistake being made? That seems like there's a reason, there's a discrepancy there, you know. Um, so I, I don't know. It's it's hard to say, but I, I personally, we know that we have not seen Yazora's true form. Correct. And so I would imagine it's going to be a shock in some shape or form. That's how I personally see it. Like, I feel like it has to probably be a big deal, whatever it looks like. And I just feel like the biggest thing that would shock people is that he looks like Sora, but he's, you know, especially given the parallels between them, I think that would probably be like the thing that's like, oh, wow, like, oh my gosh, like he looks just like him, but he's not him, I guess, you know. Um, but well, to the... Yeah, go ahead, keep going, keep going. No, I was going to say, um, the comment you read before, um, what I was saying about uh, Maggie and Aegis, uh, I think the second part of the comments, I was talking about why did they decide to cut it out from the game? So like, because they... Because the only reason we know Magga and Aegis were the names is because it was in a deleted scene because in, you know, in actual King of Thrones... Oh, yeah. that's what he... Okay. Yeah, and I, I think I think the reason, and I guess we, we don't have an actual reason, but I I think it's because it didn't really make sense because, like, um, Donald and Goofy, I mean, it's a duck and a dog. So to say they're Magi and Aegis, how does that really work when Magi and Aegis are humans? I think it just didn't really add up in terms of consistency. I think that's why it was cut from the game, personally. Um, I mean, it could have been another reason, but I, I think that's the honest reason. I don't think it was necessarily anything other than that I'm, but i'm not sure no i think i i think that's that that could be right on the money it could be something along those lines let me know what you think of this twilight play says the not yazora body might be the master of masters he has only one blue eye so maybe yeah. yazora's body might actually be the master's body yeah i've I've, mm. well, I've i've right so would you mean like the body that he's in right now yeah, I think that's what they what they're get what Twilight's getting yeah, yeah. at is that the body he's in right now is actually the master's body. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah, I've 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 heard people say that like and I've and I think that's I think that's that's possible as well. I think it's plausible. Um it yeah, I don't know. I, I think it, it could work. I mean it would kind of imply the master doesn't have a body, but you know something that I've kind of wondered, and actually I'd be interested to know what you think. Sure. Do you think the the, the master okay so you know the, the whole theory about him being light and stuff like that and of course um him being like that would mean he's like kind of the counter to darkness and if we look at what darkness looks like darkness doesn't start off with a form it's formless so mm -hmm. if the master is meant to be kind of like the opposite of that does he is he formless you know what i mean or i like, personally would love it like if he you know like even if he does have a body is it actually his body or is it a form that he has to take just like what the darknesses have to do? Because if we're saying he's light and the darknesses are this misty cloud thing and they don't have a form until they take one, if he's supposed to be the embodiment of light, again, we don't know that for a fact, but if we're going with right. that idea, then I would think like, wouldn't that maybe make him more, less like he would actually be a person? I don't know. Um, 
I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But I just remember him saying to Lushu in Unicross about how the darkness looked like monsters and stuff like that. And then, you know, it's kind of like, okay, but what did your people look like? You know, and he said that they the darkness didn't look like them. Um, so I'm not really sure what that means. Because um, he says, are you saying that? I can't remember the exact dialogue, but Lushu and him have a talk about it. And I just remember it being very vague about what their appearances were. Um, so it just has me wondering, like, does he actually have a physical form originally or not? You know, and if he does, or even if he didn't and he took a form, it could be still the, the one that Yazora has. Um, but I, I do think whoever it is, though, that Yazora is in that body, uh, like whoever's body that is that it belongs to originally, that's going to be... I feel like there's there's like a double twist going on there. Like when we find out who that body originally belongs to, it's going to be like, oh, okay, interesting. And then when we find out what Yuzora originally looks like, it's going to be like, oh, okay. Like it's going to be potentially shocking on both ends, um, I think. I, I think that's what Kingdom Hearts is going for. Because I think Kingdom Hearts moments are at their best when there is an element of shocking to them. Because then you see, you, you have that shock moment of like, wait, he's that or he's him? Like Terra's the guardian? What do you mean? And they end up on YouTube and some schmuck like me pointed it out like five years ago. And you're like, oh, it made perfect sense. Oh, wow, that's amazing. And then you see, you know, Zigbar take off his hood. And now he's Lushu. And you're like, wait, what? And then you go back to the first scene he's in in Kingdom Hearts 3. And you're like, oh, he showed his entire hand. Like, you, you know, I, yeah. I think that's when Kingdom Hearts is at its best. Because also, like, you know, they want you to go back and keep playing the old games. They don't want the old games to die. And I get that. Any sort of work. You know, you want it to last through the ages. So if you can make the old games fresh by filling in those blanks so that now when I play Birth by Sleep, I don't unsee Lushu, you know? And when I play Kingdom Hearts 2 and bump into Luxord, all I see is Yuzora's driver. You know, I think those sorts of moments and those sorts of deliveries are exactly what the series is going for. I think they've realized that's a real strength to their narrative. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I got a question here from Jan Van S. And I'm wondering, it's it's a very general question for, I guess, Kingdom Hearts. But they want to know what's in the box. What is your running theory right now? If you had to guess what's in that black box, what are you saying? I don't know. That's a good answer. <laughs> I, 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 I have never, ever been able to sit down. And say, I, I really don't know. And you want me to be really honest with you? Part of the reason yes. I don't feel confident saying anything is because I feel like the current answer is maybe I don't like I don't know if there's actually a tangible solid idea yet of what's in there. Like I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, does Namora even know what's in there yet? Or is he gonna just like is, is he gonna be like, okay, yeah. we're gonna let's 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 figure this out <laughs> by the by missing okay, we've got missing link, what can for? Okay, we should probably figure out what's in the box by now. Okay, let's put yeah, let's put let's put let's put uh I don't know, let's put something in there. I I mean, I think one on one of your previous podcasts I I was watching and I think I um I don't know if it was you or or someone else who mentioned it, but there was it was someone who brought up the idea of the box like uh actually being used to put something in it rather than for something to come out. And I really like that idea. Yeah, like, I, that's I, a sealing, because, like it's gonna seal something. Yeah, just because just because I mean it kind of is like okay, when he tells Lucio is in the box. It's like, what does he say to him? And it's like, and when he's like, but why? You know, it, I mean, if he says there's nothing in there, 
and then she's like but why and he's like you'll see i guess that could work yeah because <laughs> i'm just trying to fig- fill in that blank like whatever it is it kind of has to fill that blank so that Lucy's reaction makes sense. Makes sense. Like, but like, it's either something gross, you know, it's either like, like why? Or something that makes no sense. Like it's empty. Are you going to make me carry this thing all around? And you know, I don't, the whole sealing the demon in the jar trope is all over like Eastern media, you know, mm-hmm. like sealing techniques and sealing jutsus and sealing spells like that is all over that kind of stuff. So I, I could see it that they open up that box and they're going to try and seal maybe reality <laughs> itself inside of the box. Who knows? But then again, what is it else said that the box contains hope? Yes. So that kind of implies there's something in there. But then it could, it, but the thing is, they don't, the people saying that don't actually know. They're just saying that's what they've heard. That's what they've heard. And it, look, it could be the villain's hope for all you know, whoever's right. pulling that string. But like, just because it's hope doesn't mean it's the kind of hope you want. I do want to bring up a comment from Twilight Plays that corrects something we were talking about earlier. Um, he says, I used to think Master of Masters was a being without a body, but then he revealed his plan to Lushu, which involves seal- him sealing one of the deadly sin darknesses into himself, which he wouldn't be able to do without a body. Yeah, that's th- that, that, that's that's true. That's true. Lady- I mean, I've, oh, I've- go ahead. No, to be honest, person like personally, I do think it's more likely he he probably does have some kind of. I mean, I at least prefer the idea he has a physical form. I do too. Um, Even though I but, would also love the formless, I I want a really cool looking character under that hood. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I I don't really entirely like the idea of the formless because I just kind of can't imagine it looking as like too cool of it. Like, and I don't really want it to just be like a a white misty version of the darkness. Like, that's kind of boring. You know, so it's like, what else could it be? Like a beam of light or a ball or something? Just <laughs> I can't. Seems you know, but at the same time, um, at the same time, I mean, I mostly raised it just because it was something I thought, and I think, eh, it could. It considering the darkness is like that, it could be that. But personally, if I if it was up to me, I would rather it was he he actually had a physical form. So personally, I'm I'm all for. I I agree. I think it would make sense if he needs to be possessed. Um. For him to have a physical form, and, and no, again, yeah, yeah, that could that could be a like he could be on his end of things just being dishonest though. I don't know. That's the other thing, and this is part of what makes the master so fun. It's like, is he just a bullshitter? Like, is he just a really good bullshitter? And like, he doesn't plan to sacrifice himself. He'd rather just do the six foretellers and Sora. So now that all the powerful wielders are out of his way, could very easily be that, right? But you never know. Uh, Lady Lucina comments, Master of Masters is going to destroy all of time and space, LMAO. I love this comment because I actually think, Lady Lucina, you're not far off. Here's my crazy prediction. I think the Master of Masters is trying to escape the world of light and dark. I think the laws of light and dark are, are binding. I think the world is doomed to be on this repeating cycle of build itself up, tear itself down, the apocalyptic event, Ragnarok, however you want to do it. I think the Master of Masters has seen this cycle play over and over and over again. And he's saying, so long as there's a world of light and darkness, there's always going to be these clashes. There's always going to be these corrections and imbalances. What we need to do is create a world that is without that. And I think that's what unreality is all about. I think that's what the world of fiction is all about, is a way to escape all of that. And I have to wonder if the Master's plan is to take reality and almost like let unreality absorb it, right? Like when he puts the heart over the moon at the end of the Kingdom Hearts 3 secret ending, I think that's almost his way of being like, I'm going to pull Kingdom Hearts into this fictional world. 
Like I'm gonna take this world and I'm gonna merge it with that other world. And now I can rise above the constraints of light and darkness and I don't have to worry about this ever repeating cycle anymore. That's just you know, my random pred prediction. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of, you know, like, okay, so I've, for a while I've had an idea, but I've never been able to tie it to anything, which is um, what would happen if Kingdom Hearts didn't exist, you know, like to the Kingdom Hearts rally, what would that do? And why would someone do that? Like, and for the longest time, I was kind of thinking, eh, I'm not really sure, you know, would the master do something like that? I don't know. And none of what he's saying really seems to necessarily allude to that. But with what you're saying, it's like, it's kind of, it's kind of re-inspiring that because I'm just kind of thinking Xehanort's ambition was to basically try to use it to try and, you know, in a sense, kind yes, of control yes. it and, and use it to his own ends. And I feel like unless Nomura just wants to literally do a repeat of the Dark Seeker saga, the Master's plans can't be that. It has to be exactly. something that's, exactly. that's like different, but it has to be, in a way, it has to be a step up from Xehanort, right? Like it has to be worse. And I'm thinking, what would be worse than what Xehanort was doing? And I guess rather than trying to control Kingdom Hearts, just get rid of it, destroy it, you know, or something along those lines. Um, and it leads to what you're saying, if it's true in maybe unreality is his way of doing that because I would assume in the King Hearts rally, maybe he's not able to do that because of the rules of the universe there or whatever. Mm -hmm. But if there's something in that unreality, maybe there's some something there that he could utilize or there's some something about the nature of that reality where he can use that to his advantage, like you're saying, to kind of get rid of it in some type of way. It sounds crazy, but to be honest, we all know what series we're dealing with here. So. Exactly. <laughs> no, nothing is off the table. But just to paint into what you're saying, like, oh, well, what would his reason for that wanting to be? Well, look at Sora. Look what Sora had to do to bring his friends back from the dead. He had to give it all up. He had to give it all up. He broke the nature taboo and he got banished to unreality. If the Master of Masters has friends or family or loved ones he wants to bring back, the normal reality, the Kingdom Hearts world, won't allow him to do that. And if it does allow him to do that, it's only going to bury him into a pit. So maybe he's trying to make this cross into unreality so that he can just use the power of waking willy-nilly with no consequence, right? Because the power of waking is a relatively new thing that has been shoved down our throats like in the last couple entries. And I yeah. have to believe it doesn't start and stop at Kingdom Hearts 3. Like they yeah. really drove power of waking into your brain. I don't think it starts right. and stops as Sora's Kingdom Hearts 3 arc. I think the power of waking is going to go even further. And if you take Xehanort in mind and some of the things he said, it's possible the power of waking even goes backward as much as it goes forward. Yeah, because how did the master end up in unreality? I mean, we, we don't know. Maybe he can just somehow cross there. But from what was said in Union Cross, it was like he didn't know about it originally and then he kind of found out about it later on right um so what did he i i guess did he did he how did he find out about it and then did he find out at the same time the only way to go over there is you need to break a nature taboo or whatever you know i mm -hmm. i don't know um but it makes me wonder he like he probably hates all these freaking rules man yeah because he said like you know he told he told uh i think it was uh ira about like you know you know i'm gonna you know, vanished him, fate. So he knew he was going to be gone. Yep. And just like what happened with Sora, Sora didn't just go like immediately. He was around for a bit and then he literally vanished. This is also the reason why people were saying that the Master of Masters is Sora and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, <laughs> but, it's, <laughs> but it's funny though, because I do think that that potentially is like a kind of similar 
thing where he maybe did abuse the power awakening or something and ended up there. I don't think that necessarily means he's Sora. But um No, but I, I'm with you. It may it makes me think like, did he like screw up or or was it intentional? Could be either one. He had to really use the power of waking for something. And and it kind of cost him. And it, it makes me wonder, like, did he use the power of waking to bring in the nightmare? You know how like they found a nightmare after his disappearance? Mm. Like, did he use the power of waking to bring that into Daybreak Town? Because it was a world um, you know. It was mostly absent of conflict. You know, they had their duties, they had their responsibilities, but it was pretty absent of conflict. And, you know, I don't think he vanished him, faded in the sense that, like, oh, he just got up and left. I think it may, may you may be onto something. It very well could be the consequence of his actions. He could have misused the power of waking. Because the way he said it was like, it was beyond his control. Yes. Like, it was like, it's just, it has to happen. Like, it's just like, he doesn't really have, but that's the funny thing. Then we see him meet Xehanort and that's later on. So he still has, he's still there. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Crazy <laughs> don't stuff. Know. Crazy stuff, man. Um, I got a couple black box predictions here. Uh, mostly last is the data from Daybreak Town. That's my guess. I, I, I like that. I guess like maybe there's a hard, it'd be funny if there's like a hard drive in there. Uh, that's interesting. The child says the owl is in the box, and that is a uh, well, that is a that is. I'll keep seeing the comment about the owl. And I'm the just fucking like, owl. We did when when the missing trinket. Definitely an inside. This is a this is definitely a lodge joke. It's an inside lodge joke. When um <laughs> when when Kingdom Hearts Four trailer dropped and the missing link trailer dropped, you know I was going crazy. I was like a crackhead. I was pausing frame by frame, like what's here, what's there. We found an owl. On a oh, poster in Missing Link, and we just started googling. Well, what does an owl mean in similar? What is that? What <laughs> mythologically? What are, you know? Just going down that rabbit hole, all about this owl on a poster. And, and again, is Odin and Odin's? Mm, never mind. You, you, you really want to ignite that? Because we'll fall back down. Uh, Maria says, "I think there's nothing in the box, and the Master of Masters is just using it as bait to hide his real plans. That or unrealities in there. I like both of those." There's so much they could do with this box that I would like. I feel like it would be really hard for them to screw it up. Like, they could actually put nothing in the box. And I'd be like, oh, Master of Master Strikes again. You know? I definitely think it's going to have some... There's going to be something that happens with it. It's just not really sure what. <laughs> but I, I, I genuinely don't. Like, Demix and the Black Box, I, have, I just haven't... I, I don't really know. I, I I don't ever foresee myself doing a black box theory. I just can't figure it yeah, out. The like only the only black box theory I was able to was able to do was for me to be like, hey, look. So you remember when they said what's in the box is hope? Well, in Greek mythology, that's what they said when Pandora's box is open. Hope is the only thing that stays inside. Left. Isn't it? It's it's, it's yeah. Okay. So that, that's all I was able to really bring to the table. Other than that, I would re I would really just be guessing. You know, it's it's another one of those things where it's like we, we only really have breadcrumbs in there, but you know, who knows? I, honestly, part of me, you know what I would love if Avo was in there, because then that means <laughs> all of them did reunite in the graveyard. No, what well, it? that's that's an L for Avo because <laughs> <laughs> especially since Zigbo is standing right over her, like I guess she didn't make it after all. You're right? No, what a what a flex. What a flex. You know, if you're gonna make it, it's like, where is she? It's just like <laughs> hope you like long stories. <laughs> One of my favorite lines, by the way.
uh, Twilight Blaze says, how would you guys feel if Kingdom Hearts the Moon is literally just a doorway out of Sora's reality and his world is literally just the Kingdom Hearts video game in Yazora's world slash the in-universe real world? How I would feel about that, I don't know. I feel like execution is just as important as the idea itself. Um, but I like the idea that it all comes down to a door. Just because, like, in Kingdom Hearts 1, it's all about you, boy. You are the one who will open the door. Mm-hmm. But but Kingdom Hearts 1 ended with them closing the door and sealing it. So what is this door that Sora is going to open? And I'd love it if, if, say, Kingdom Hearts Moon was the door. I, I think that could work. It, where it leads, though, I, I don't know. Or I don't know what would work, but... I, I, I do like the idea that Kingdom Hearts could be the door that Sora was always meant to open. I feel like that could bring things full circle. Do you? Mm, I, I, I don't want to say anything more, but I, I'll just to quickly answer that, I'll say that I'm I'm okay with the door thing. I'm not too fond of the idea of Kingdom Hearts necessarily being a video game reality in Zora's world because I prefer the idea that they're just both real to themselves. And I feel like... Yeah, one of, I like uh, that too. One of the Mora's answers recently about Quadratum kind of confirms that it's kind of more like to each of them they are real i mean mm. i know we got the video game commercial of virum rex but i feel like that was made by someone to depict the events of his actual reality you know like okay so, it's not that yuzor is a video game character like originally it's just that someone made a video game based off of him if you get what i'm saying like yes but he's an actual it just like and if and if let's say for example we go to unreality and there is a kingdom hearts game it's not that the kingdom hearts reality is a video game reality it's just that that someone made a video game about Kingdom Hearts. I don't know. Maybe someone's having. No, I think you're you're kind of getting into the whole like realm, the realm of ideas sort, yeah, sort like, of thing. Yeah, and I I really would like that if that's what more what it was. If the video game thing did happen, it was more someone's had dreams about this other world and that inspired them to make something, and it just so happens that a character from that video game actually shows up in their real world, and I like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, yeah, like, you are actually real. Just like when Sora meets Zora, and he's like, oh, you are real. You know, it's like, so it's that same kind of thing. Like, he's probably thinking, oh, you're from a video game, but then you're actually a tangible person all of a sudden. How did that happen? Yeah, you how, know, how do we get from point A to point B? No, that's, uh, no, I would really like that. I'm with you. Like, I, I don't like the idea that one world would be like just a video game world. I do like the idea, like you're saying, like these characters, the world has to be real to them. To them, it has to be real, video game or not. Um, But yeah, no, I, um, I think it could totally work. I think the whole door aspect of things could work, but I hope, like you're saying, they don't lean too hard into the video game, like the video game world direction. Um, Maybe they could make it work, because honestly, I said I didn't want uh, the player to be someone else. I actually think I said that the last time I was on your podcast, and I was saying, like, I hope the player's just, like, isn't something, but then the Xehanort thing happened, I was like, damn, that's actually right. Like, it's, well, so and, I don't know. Like, especially when it starts to make sense, you know, like we yeah, were talking yeah, about like, earlier in the episode. Like, I, like, I, like I, I liked it basically straight away, because I just, the way they did it, it was, you know, it's, a lot of stuff comes down to execution. You can think, oh, I don't like that idea, but I don't know, they might make it hit different. And then I'm like, okay, you know what, they want me over with it. And to be honest, King of Hearts does have a history of, of typically doing that, so it's possible. Yeah. It's possible. Ronnie Jones says the card Luke Sword gave might be the key to come back. Maybe. I don't know how much I like that because then it's just like, oh, so Sora just needs to reach in his pocket, pull out this card, and he's back home. 
Um, but maybe maybe they don't mean it that simply. Maybe they just mean like it it plays like it factors in. It's somehow. part of the yeah exactly. Okay, no no. If it's just yeah. part of the chain of events that leads him to get back, I would like that. I wanna I want it to be more than that though. I want it to be more than that. Like I want that card to come into play and for it to say something about Luke Sword. You know, like mm -hmm. maybe it foils something the master wanted to do, right? And now mm -hmm. by that wild card specifically. Foiling the master, you now go, oh, Luke Sword knows about the master. And it's not just a matter right. of like, oh, Luke Sword wants to help Sora get home. No, that wild card specifically helps with something that has to do with the master or Seagird or Lushu or someone that makes us go, oh, Luke Sword's clued in. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and also it just, it makes it more selfish more of like his agenda rather than everything just being about Sora <laughs> right just something that sometimes I'm just like uh you know these characters have their own life like <laughs> yeah exactly can they, can, <laughs> give them their own little give their own slice of the pie their own motivations um mostly last does ask any dark road predictions so I'll let you lead on that one his friends die I made I made a video about it I made one dark road like proper theory is the last one I did and I don't have anything more to say because I feel like I practically said most of the things I'm thinking in that video and I've not had any new thoughts since right. to be honest like I just think basically his classmates are probably going to get full to darkness or get possessed by darkness and he's going to have to take them out maybe Ericus is going to have to help him take mm. them out that's why he's all solemn in the graveyard and he's like oh you know and then what happened Eric was it your fault it's not your yeah, fault yeah. you had to strike them down yeah i get that and and yeah and and um like in that video i really broke down like because just in the the three episodes we got there's actually a lot of foreshadowing in there like i mean a lot you know i, I didn't even oh, yeah. put it in my video and and like um there's so much lines of dialogue that literally allude to the idea of darkness taking over people that they know and they have to do something. Like there's an entire conversation that Ericus and uh, Zaynor have about like, what would you do if darkness burrows so deep into someone that you don't even know it's there? And Ericus is like, that's a scary thought. And, you know, one day we might have to decide, like, could we turn our Keyblades on someone if they fell to darkness? Like it's, it's, it's so on the nose, but at the same time, it's just kind of like, there's too much other things going on throughout just those first three episodes that foreshadows they're going to have to do something. Like when right. Zaynor walks through the dark corridor when he's on his way to Scala, um, it's like there's like these four different... Uh, this isn't confirmed, but this was just an observation I made. When he's walking through the dark corridor, it seems like there's four different darknesses that go through him. And mm -hmm. uh, in, the, in the text, he says that basically he felt different emotions right and the emotions were hatred jealousy and doubt but they came from people that he had yet to meet and i'm pretty certain those people mm. he had yet to meet at that moment are his classmates so those people are going to feel hatred jealousy and doubt towards him he, they're going to basically in some shape fall to darkness become possessed by it and that's what's going to happen and i linked it to the four darknesses that were trapped in union cross I'm, i i don't know Ooh. if necessarily but he's got four classmates there's four graves and there's four darknesses so I think it's, it's that's interesting, possible. and you literally made a video about the rule of four, so it even ties into that. Yeah, it would tie it because I think I think four is the new kid in town. We've had three, we've had seven, we had thirteen. I think four is the new kid in town. I love that. I I think you're on the money. I I'm with you. There's been tons of foreshadowing in those first few episodes, and that's why I have one prediction when it comes to Dark Road. Most know what it is. Ragnarok is coming, baby. It's coming <laughs> back. We had the apocalypse of Union Cross. We're gonna get. Uh, I really think we're gonna get. 
a whole other one, and it's going to lead to Xehanort going rogue. That would be my um, yeah, Dark Road prediction. Yes, there has to be an explanation for why there's no, like, where did they, all those wielders go, right? Like, I mean, they're not around, so there has to be, and in that scene, there's, like, so much graves. I mean, there's the four that he has the flowers by, but there's a bunch of other ones as well. Right, you know? Ex- so. exactly. Couldn't, could, could not agree more. Couldn't have said it better myself. Big Pika TTV says, when do you think we'll know what's in the black box? I'm going to go so far as to say Kingdom Hearts 5 or 6. I think I think they play that one really close to the chest. Mm. What do you think? You think we know in four? I really don't know because <laughs> when it comes to the black box, I, I really don't really have a solid idea. So I, I can't, I can't really gauge it. I feel like, uh, I mean, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be entirely shocked like if it wasn't Kingdom Hearts four, but at the same time, I could see it. Sh- stretching up it's hard to say because i don't really know what king was for like i don't really know how much it's going to center around because now that we i don't know it's hard to say yeah i'm not sure <laughs> it's tough it's tough jan van s who let's take a moment who earlier in today's episode jan became the newest sage of the lodge so jan thank you very much for that let's get on to your uh, message here the mirror will turn Xehanort bald, and that's why old Xehanort asked the mirror, do you remember me? <laughs> oh, God. You know, honestly, I don't, I don't know what... Like, I really would love to... I don't even want to meet Tetsuya Nomura. I want to be a fly on the wall for when he's talking to someone he trusts. And I want to know, like, when he says these things... Like, oh, yeah, you're going to learn some things, you know, like how Xehanort went bald. Like, is he trolling or is he speaking like, like, is he trying to be serious? I don't know. I, I, the man just fascinates me with answers like that. Uh, I don't know, man. The more, sometimes I feel like the more is low-key trolling, but it, it's it's like one of those like really deadpan things. And because it's mostly you're reading in text, it's like, uh, you, you don't really, I don't know, because there's some things he says and it's just like, I don't know where he's going with it. Yeah. Me neither. Me neither. Needless to say, guys, I'm not gonna be able to get to all of these. There's there's a ton of them in here, and we are uh, coming up on two hours. Um, but let's uh, let's go to Maria's message here. I have something to point out. Sora said to Yuzora in Remind, "There's something I have to ask you. What the hell did Sora have to ask Yuzora? Yeah, did he never wait? Huh? Wait, did he? Did he? <laughs> Hold on. We're gonna we're gonna look into this." We're going to look into this. Time to dive. Time we're we're going to dive. Live. A live dive. Here we go. Deep dive, Yazora. Okay. Sorry, okay. How are we doing? We good? It looks like we're good on the screen. All right. Let's let's uh, let's get to the point where they clash. They meet up. Okay. Let's listen to this back. Yeah. You're Yazora, right? How do you know that? Who are you? I'm Sora. And actually... There's something I have to ask you. Yeah, no, he does say, and actually, there's something I have to ask you. Sora? Then Yuzora interrupts him. Huh? You know who I am? Sure. I've heard of you. Damn. If you're here, I never. This is crazy. The amount of times I have made videos about that flipping interaction, I've never. Never okay. actually like asked. I mean, he could. Th- this could be it here. If you're here, then this can't be the real world, can it? Um, but I don't think that's it, right? I feel like what he had to ask him was probably something the nameless star told him. 
But I guess you could say that if you're here, this can't be the real world, can it? Maybe that's it. But I don't know. How are you feeling about that? Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. Um, I'm wondering if it's related to what something the Nameless Star said. Well, the, I don't. The Nameless Star, the only thing is we know everything the Nameless Star said to him, except the only thing we didn't know at first was the name she whispered. But now we know it's Yuzora. So Correct. the only admitted detail was just the name. And we know what that is. So everything else, we heard what she said. That's so, true. If it, I, I don't know if it was something she said. I think it might be just something he's specifically curious about. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I mean, listen, I don't know is a more more than acceptable yeah, answer. I didn't even know by I, I, I didn't even think about it until just now. So no, me neither. I'll, I'll have to sit on that one for a bit. Abdul says, "Would you guys like to see concepts from the secret movies being fully realized, like Roxas have the Eye of Darkness, for example?" Yeah, I would, but it just, I just, I just don't think it's going to happen. I feel like the secret movies always give you a look into the future, but it's never like a full, accurate like portrayal. I don't know. I, I mean, save for the Birth by Sleep secret movie from Kingdom Hearts two, that was pretty spot on. But like, you look at the Kingdom Hearts three secret movie, Sora waking up in Quadratum that way, like that's not really how it happened, you know? Yeah. There's 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 something um hold on this this kind of interesting is like there's a I think discussion going on about subject X being scold and uh um Zaynot's mum and uh their kind of similar appearance and stuff mm. which I've always seen discussion about I mean I'm uh, like I am firmly in the camp of the idea subject X is scold and I think that I'm in if- on that too but pajama let's play kind of fucked my brain on that a little bit. Because she was like, no, Scald is Xehanort's mom. Look at the... She was like, just look at it. And I'm like, but yeah, people, that does people, look like Scald. Yeah, but they have different eye colors. A lot of people... Is it different eye colors? That, yeah, they, she she has the... I think um she has the same eye color as uh, Xehanort. I think they have the silver eyes. And um, I can't remember right now what Scald's eye color is, but they're not the same color. Um, So that's... I mean, it's... Look, to be fair, you could say, okay, eye colors change or something, but... Um, no, no, but eye colors are pretty deliberate in Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, I, I don't think, and and in in my mind, like, because there was lots of people saying that for obvious reasons, because she does look. She like does a, look like Scald. Yeah, like she literally does look like a. Um, some people say it's just because they were lazy with the assets, which <laughs> me personally, I'm I'm thinking it's very possible, but um, I do think I. The thing no, is you're, they, I just want to say you're 100% right. I just looked at their two. It's two very different eye colors. Yeah, you're 100% right. Yeah, I don't think it's her. And also, in terms of like just twists, it would be a way more insane reveal for Skull to be Xehanort's mom than for her to be Subject X, at least in my opinion. Like, I feel like yeah. that's something they should not have shown us just offhandedly like that, if that's true. Because like her being subject x is something we all pretty much kind of figured out if that is the case we and... do we've gotten to a point i don't even want her to be subject x anymore <laughs> like it's, all the fun's been taken out of it yeah it's 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 the thing is as well is i don't know there's too much that all the details around it just add up too much with her like the age being 15 adds up with her like um yeah the hair color whether it's black or dark dark hair 
adds up. I know we don't know what others, and I've mentioned this to people, we don't know what others' hair color is, to be fair. So I know that sometimes that's a possibility because there was the old theory of Strelexi, but we know, no, because she has dark hair. Exactly. So the only other real possibility is Ava, if there was one. The problem with the other thing, though, is that she's too, like, she's too old, basically, because, I mean, um, I don't know if, basically, like, there's a time skip that happens in Union Cross um, where it's like, when Arva is talking to, I believe it's Brain, in that particular moment, and I remember like seeing this because it was it was one of those things I, I forgot until I was rewatching it. But like um, in that scene, there's like a four year time skip between when Arva's talking to Brain on the hill and gives him like the Book of Prophecies and stuff, and when Union Cross happens. So for Arva, Arva would have to be eleven years old during the time of like basically every yeah. time you see that, you have to be eleven. For that to be possible, to be valid, would have yeah. to be like a little kid, you know, it's just like there's no way, there's no way, uh, like Arva was 11 years old and in the key. Like, I, I'm not saying it's impossible, but I don't think so. No, so, she, she doesn't come off as 11. 11 yeah. is a bit like Sora was like 10, 11 when the series started. That's not that Arva's way too mature and yeah, to, and like to tactical me, to be to be 11. Yeah. So to me, that the, the thing is, that's an easy thing to miss though because like that time skip thing even though we all maybe saw it in union cross it's one of those details i think you because i forgot about it and then i was re-watching certain stuff and i was like oh wait there's a time skip here so mm -hmm. that made me think oh there's definitely no way she is subject because like she can't be she must be around like at least 20 something or something like that um by the time union cross would be happening or 19 or something along those lines something so, close closer to that than than 11 i would say i think you're i think yeah. you're right on the money with that Let's uh let's give a special shout out to my man Treehouse coming in with a $5 super chat. Says, gotta ask you, if we get Star Wars and Kingdom Hearts, did y'all know that Anakin Skywalker's eyes change colors once he turns to the dark side? I I think that's it, man. I think I think our whole scald and the Xehanort's mom thing's been yeah, they, ruined now. They turn to the dark side. Well, to be fair, Kingdom Hearts, it's inspired by Star Wars, and they do the same thing. Kingdom Anakin Hearts. gets norded. He he definitely yeah, gets norded. Well, all dark side users do. That's just that's the Sith eyes. Like if you get corrupted by the dark side, you have those like kind of orangey type yellow of you know, eyes. eyes. Yeah. So, yeah. So the yellow kind of eyes, like so, and that's literally the same thing in Kingdom Hearts. Like you get you know corrupted by darkness enough, you will probably have those eyes. So same kind of thing, really. Yeah. So to be honest, it's, yeah. To be honest, they, they both share that similarity. Absolutely. I think I. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Twilight Blaze says, which of the five classmates do you guys think will survive? Because we only see four graves. And if you don't think one of them survives, what happens to that fifth person? So I think, uh, I, I don't know what the right way to say her name is. I think it's Vorsch is technically, I, I don't know. The little girl, little girl, I think she survives. I think her name is Vorsch or something. It's either Vorsch or Vor. I don't know. Vor. It's Vor? I don't, yeah, it's, I just know it's spelled V-O-R. I don't know if there's like a specific pronunciation. But Let's just go with Vor. So Vor, I think, you know, there were a lot of rumors about Ava being Kyrie's grandmother. I think that's still viable. But I actually think it's possible Vor is going to survive and she'll go on to be Kyrie's grandmother because now that gives you an additional connection between Xehanort and Kyrie, right? Now maybe that's why Apprentice Xehanort was able to seek out Kyrie a little bit. Because she's related to a former classmate of his. Again, kind of in the same way Marluxia and Larxene had a, a way to be drawn to one another. Maybe now this explains why Xehanort and Kyrie 
seem to have this consistent overlap. That would be my prediction. What do you think? Well, I I mean, I've I've been I've been pushing the Kyrie's grandmother over things. So <laughs> I, I think I think it's very possible and compatible. Yeah, I'll think, say that. I think I, I think personally, like I'm I'm more of the believer of of Ava for a number of reasons, but um I mean, even with the point you made, I think either that still works with Ava because Ava was connected with the dandelions directly, and all of those dandelions are associated with the player who is still associated with Zaynor. Mm-hmm. And so I, I still think it it can track in that way. Um, the only thing about the Ava thing that I, I feel like kind of is what maybe sometimes, for me, makes me not like the idea is just the fact it's kind of like, will she kind of be at this point just kind of, because I, I kind of want to see Ava as Ava, you know, like how yes. we see her, right? But at the same time, I could kind of see Nomura doing something where he's just like, no, like <laughs> you're an old lady now and you're just going to have to deal with it. And, <laughs> and you're not getting, you're not getting your, your Ava, you know, badass fight sequence that you wanted. She's an old lady and that's what happens. Life happens and she moved on. I don't know. I feel like it would, maybe that's, I just I feel like it's a bit of a mature kind of thing, a take on a character rather than doing the but there's other reasons as well, like you know, other in terms of how her role is and what she looks like and all of that kind of stuff ties quite closely to Kyrie. Yeah. Um and I've always kind of believed that Ava was the original foreteller. And that's I'm not gonna go into that, but like I've always kind of thought that when Nomura conceived of that time and to make a story around it i feel like alva was one of the first characters he created because i feel like carrie's grandmother was the only character in the present day that had anything in relation to that time like outright because she speaks about that time through her story mm-hmm. and she's saying that story and when union cross begins it begins with carrie's grandmother telling that story and the only character who seems to have such a direct obvious connection to Kyrie is alva you know and then there's also the fact that like alva and that entire name, it's like it translates to grandmother. Yep. I just feel like it's just... Can I give you way- one more? Can I give you one more? Yeah. This I would love. If Ava's hair is blonde, that explains Namine. Mm, yeah. If yeah. Ava's Kyrie's grandmother and her hair is blonde, suddenly we have a bit of an explanation for Namine's hair. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I feel like it's... I don't know. I'm, I'm what if what if Ava looks a lot like Namine? You know, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I um. No, that, no, that actually, yeah. That I mean, it's just like with the Ventus thing and Broxus, right? Yes. So I think. Yeah. I think. I think that tracks. I think that that could definitely be. I could think that could definitely be it. I think my thing with War is, I just, I just, I mean, I just keep thinking she's just one of the four that's gonna die. <laughs> so I'm just convinced he's gonna just. I mean, the series has killed plenty of children before, dude. I'm sure they'll do it again. She seems like she seems like that character that's like, oh yeah, I'm just so, you know, I'm nice, and it's like, no, you're gonna go now. You're you're going to die brutally, and it won't be fun. But also, but also because of my idea about them falling to darkness, her character in particular, I feel like would be really heart wrenching to make her fall to darkness and just messed up like to see a child I, like that yeah I, i'd feel like, like and and she i feel like i don't know how they're going to do it but i really feel like they could do that in a way that's really interesting and kind of nuanced where 
you know, like with the Queen of Hearts, because they've already foreshadowed it. The Queen of Hearts has like the darkness with her, but she doesn't think there's a, there's anything possessing her. Zaynor asks her and she just thinks, no, like she's just doing what she wants. And it'd be very interesting if the same thing happened with his classmates, where they just think they're just doing what they want to do. But it's actually darkness that's kind of controlling them and they can't see that. And that's mm. kind of tragic because it's, it's, it's like it's not even that they're just mindlessly evil. They're doing what they think is right, but they're corrupted, you know, and they've just got to die for it. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I think, you know, Kingdom Hearts is at its best when it leans into tragedy. And with Vore, they have a very unique opportunity to really, like, re like, really get at your gut and show you, like, the looming threat of darkness doesn't play favorites. It doesn't care if you're a kid. It doesn't care if you're innocent. It doesn't care. You know, that's the real threat you're being faced with is it doesn't discriminate. It doesn't matter how good you are, how young you are, how cute you are, how that stuff doesn't matter to the darkness. I think that's um, I think it's a terrifying prospect that I think would hit home. Um, we are coming up on a couple hours. This is going to actually end up being the longest podcast in the show's history. Um, but I can't I, I can't in good faith end this without the conversation happening in the chat right now. They managed to bring up Zigbar was never recompleted, which would mean that isn't Xehanort still in him? Isn't yeah. he still kind of half Xehanort? Well, he he in the ending he still has the the eye right, like the his his yeah. eyes, uh, the same eye that Z when he's like I'm already half Xehanort. And he's that same the eye, eye is still yeah, glowing he's still yellow. He still got it. So, well, it's still See, something that is still there. It's like it's it. It's a little bit like it reminds me a little bit of like the Horcrux thing in Harry Potter. You know, it's like if it's not all destroyed, if they're not all gone, then it's like the part of Voldemort still. You know, I feel like yeah, it's like keep a, coming. Yeah, it's like he, there's a part of him that still lives, and it's like you know, and I'm I, I'm I'm just seeing like maybe it's like that. You know, if there's a part of him that still lives somewhere, then there's always a chance that he could just come back somehow. You know, it's funny. You just you just like completely off topic, but you've completely shown me not only how um, Voldemort. And Xehanort are similar, but how Voldemort and Sephiroth are really similar. Don't know if you're an FF7 oh, guy. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But I'm, shit, like that's 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 like note for note what Sephiroth is. Yeah. Part of clouds. Never a memory. I'll, I'll never be just a memory. Um, but all right, we're we're at the two-hour mark here. I think it's time for us to wrap this up. But before we do, um, next gen, was there anything else? You wanted to say anything else you wanted to touch on and, you know, just one last pitch where the people could find you and, yeah, we'll put a bow on this. No, I've spent a good amount of time talking. Um, I mean, <laughs> other, other than I appreciate uh, being here in the Lodge again, obviously. I mean, everyone coming, giving their takes on different things. Like, I really do enjoy the live interaction. I really do. Like, I think it's fun um, to see people saying things like in real time and stuff because, for me, one of my favorite things is reading comments. So, like, mm -hmm. I really enjoy reading different people's ideas on stuff and um, seeing all the different ideas and wild stuff people come up with. Because sometimes people say stuff and it's like, wow, like, like literally what happened a number of times a day. Like, you know, some observations that even though we sit here and we make this content, we do this stuff like we think about it all day and stuff. It's like there's still stuff we miss, and someone in the audience will just point it out. And um, I do, I really do enjoy that. Like, I think that that's. It's it's a real quite like fun part of doing all this stuff and interacting. Um, but other than that, no, I don't have any crazy theories. I mean, I'll try and uh, for anyone who's watches my channel, I'll try and get some more theories out. I'm actually hoping to do a lot more stuff in July. I have 
a bunch of videos that I, I need to make. Um, they're not all going to be Kingdom Hearts, um, but you know, because I'm trying to trying to uh, cover other things as well. Um, so we'll see we'll see how that goes. But yeah, other than that, there's nothing really more for me to say. My channel's Next Gen Novelist. Um, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I appreciate everyone for coming and for listening to me talk. <laughs> well, listen. It, it, uh, unless you're new here, you guys know I can't sing Next Gen's praises enough. I'm always recommending his channel. I, dude, I really think you're one of the best creators in the game. I think you've got some of the coolest theories. I think the way you think about things and the way you try to conceptualize particular outcomes or particular theories, I think it's, I think it's very sound, and I think it comes from an author's perspective. And you know, guys, if you're listening, whether it be here on YouTube, over on Twitch, where they end up listening to the, the Spotify version. I put all his links in the chat, man. Follow this man. He's a very bright guy. If you love Kingdom Hearts, you love gaming, or just want to talk about media, he's a great guy to go to. So definitely hit him up. Next Gen, dude, not only thank you for coming on, thank you for, you know, supporting the show the way you do. You know, you always have kind words to say. Um, again, I can't thank you for going on. I want to, I want to thank everybody in the chat for showing up. I'm so sorry, guys. If I could re if I could get to every single message in the chat, I would, but I wouldn't get any sleep. You guys are you guys are awesome. <laughs> Literally just throw just throw in message after message in the chat. Uh I I, lo I, I love having all of you here. I want to give another special shout out to Jan Van S, who became the newest Sage of the Lodge in the earlier episode. And then I suppose we close this out with a thank you for you next gen. Really appreciate you, bro. Oh, just real quick. Um, oh, yes. Jan, Jan, Jan Van S, I also want to give you a shout out as well because, like, a year ago when I did a live stream for you in Cross the Finale, you said that you, uh, you said that you bought my book, and I never got, I never saw your comment live, so I never got to thank you live. And I've always wanted to find you to say thank you. So, <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> there you go. Hang on, real tight. Since since you brought it up, I wasn't gonna be that guy. I wasn't gonna be that guy, but you know, you brought it up. You brought it up. Our good man, Next Gen, has written a novel, The Light Within Tears. I've put the link to that in the episode description as well. Definitely worth checking out. And without further ado, if you're watching on Twitch, please stick around. We're going to raid the Cynic. He's a boss. He's been subscribed to the Lodge for like over a year now. So he's a great guy to get in with. Next Gen, dude, thank you again for coming on. Uh, love talking to you. And just keep up the good work, bro. All right. Thank you, man. All right. We're on our way out. Good night, everybody.